What's up, guys? You're here with O'Neill Ops, and this is the Predator Hunter Podcast. This is the place where we break it down, where we go into detail with the equipment that we use and how we use that equipment application specific. Um, generally, we, as often as we can, we try to align ourselves with SMEs, subject matter experts in topics, in things that they know more than we do just so that we can learn, you know, it's, it's a learning experience. We're students of the game. We will always be students of the game, whether it's hunting, shooting, filming, whatever we do, we're always constantly learning. And to, we've, we, like I said, we've been very fortunate to, to align ourselves with guys like our host today. And, and we do it on purpose because they understand that uh, it's our livelihood as well as our lifestyle and it's their job. So it's, it's just, it's a mutual understanding of work that needs to be done. And it's not just for fun. It's not just for uh, content for a YouTube channel. Uh, it's not just for a TV show, but it's for real life. And that's what this guy does. Uh, I'll, I'll introduce you guys to, to our host here, but first, uh, kind of go into a little bit of detail or to our guest, I should say, sorry. We'll go into a little bit of detail on our first experience with him. Like we always do. It's been six years now. I was looking back on Instagram when we posted that picture with Cal and Keith and I went out there, we got a hold of, or actually we made contact with Cal about six, six or seven years ago. And, and I believe the first time I saw some of his work was on, on Fox pro I'm pretty sure and we kind of sought it out and he agreed to take us we went out there and just just it was in the in the fall and we we just made some sets we called and was were very successful we obviously learned some things some some tools some skill sets that we didn't apply to our specific location that that aided in our success from him and we've always been wanting to go back. We've always been wanting to get back there. And it's just been to be to be brutally honest, it's been a shit show on my end with the the kids, the the farm and ranch life. Uh, it's just nonstop. And then the the YouTube, you know, it's it, there's no excuses for it because he's only about four hours away. But anyway, long story short, made time. And he said, James, you 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 got to get out here while while we're still doing the dogging. And I've I don't do that, but I've always wanted to, to kind of see it and experience it and, and, and primarily film it. So uh, time, the stars lined up, uh, time worked for me to haul ass up there for pretty much a, a day, ultimately, not even a full day. And we got some, some really cool content with Cal doing work with his dogs. And uh, I, I already have it uploaded to YouTube. If, if you guys haven't seen it, it's, it's the Cal Taylor Project. It's, it's the most recent production that I put up. And it shows his work. It shows him working with his dogs. And how it went down was I, I went up there. We had time for an evening set. We, we killed the, he killed a double, filmed it. Awesome, really close, close footage. I mean, awesome stuff. The, the, there was real quick, there was a couple guys that were bitching about the the focus or the exposure and it was after sunset. So I had the iris opened up, you know, I'm trying to do manual focus. And I thought actually it turned out to be pretty good. Cal made some, some tough ass shots and we'll get into those as, as this podcast progresses. But then, uh, one of Cal's buddies came over and, uh, we met him 
And by the time we ended up going to bed, it was about two o'clock in the morning. And the next thing I remember is my door being knocked on and, and going, Hey, you guys like, you guys want coffee? It didn't, didn't even sleep. It was about an hour's worth of sleep. The cow was already up, ready to rock and roll. And so it goes, we went out made a morning set, killed another double. And, uh, I loaded my stuff up, went home, got a production. Anyway, uh, he's just one of those guys that's discreet, trained, highly efficient and immensely successful at killing. That's what is, that's what he does. That's his job. Those are guys that we want to align ourselves with because they understand, uh, our lifestyle. They understand what needs to get done. So with that said, uh, our, our guest is Cal Taylor. And what I'm going to do is just kind of have him. We've got a, a lot of talking points for Instagram live. There's going to be some fabulous, awesome content for you guys. And uh, we're just going to dive into it that we don't really have any, any specific timeline. We'll introduce him, kind of chat about yourself, fill us in on how you got started uh, tell us who you are, what you do, and we'll we'll go from there. You guys are hoping for good content, but <laughs> it'll be good content. It's oh like it's, this is how it goes. Yeah. It's like when we go out to your house, we'll kill coyotes, we'll kill them. Yeah, just to give. We'll have good content here. No, it's it'll be good. I don't know if you remember. Well, you probably don't, but I remember some of how I came by you guys. I had a hunter um, come out several times that had been overseas with Chad and uh, okay when oh he was here and he said if you ever need any gun work he said I know a guy in Sturgis and uh, Chad had been with another gun company and had just started on his own and the first time I went over to see Chad to have something built or done he asked me if I knew who you guys were and I said well I know vaguely who you are but I didn't know anything yep. else and yep. Chad said well you know suppressors or that kind of stuff you guys were the go-to guys and i think i called you about a suppressor was the very you know very first we kind of started getting together anyway but as for me i kind of grew up like you guys did um various ranches different places i lived in south dakota some i lived in wyoming some um hunted as a kid was fascinated by predators and uh, and the people that i knew that killed them and I went on and did a lot of other things in my younger years and worked for ranches and construction and you name it. But I always was trying to keep up on the coyote hunting. And I think in 98 was the first time I had a chance. Uh, we were living in Wyoming in the local county. I knew some of the people that, that were there for Natrona County. And I actually got hired there as a dinner, which is just summertime work, um, part-time and I had spent some time with some other guys that dang sure knew what they were doing. And then when I went to work for, for that county, there was a guy there that had done a lot of it. And I had another friend or two that had been involved with actual damage control work for a few years. So I fell right into some good help and a, and a good place to work. And that's, that's where I got started. So you started, you just started Denon is what you, that's, that was your initial get into it. Well, and, and what I, when I say Denon for us, what that means is your springtime dog work. Um, and we're not just calling with dogs. I mean, there's a lot of people that they call it dogging or what, whatever the terminology is, but that's not 
where that stuff started. The old guys, the old ADC guys, figured out that you could use dogs to decoy coyotes around um, territorial den spots. And so what you're doing in that situation is you're actually going in, setting everything up so that you can use your dogs to kill the old coyotes. Um, hopefully your dogs will help you find the den and then you, you eliminate the pups also. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're wiping out the entire family group in an area. It's not just randomly calling, you know, right. go find a spot, walk over the hill, turn your dogs loose and hope a coyote comes in. This is, you know, very specific to a specific area and taking the time to find that family group and their home territory, their core, core area where they'll work and, and you're eliminating everybody. That's what I asked when we went up there. I, that was a kind of one of the questions I'm, I'm like, so you, you know, what do you do? Obviously I think when they're young, early denning, when you're, when you're decoying, you, I mean, there, there's going to be no filters here. You, when you when you kill the dominant pair or the dominant coyotes that are there and the pups are left, you you seek out the den, you find out where it is, and you you kill all the pups. Yeah, we use. I mean, it's a it's a simple humane process. They're typically in a den or a hole. Um, we use a smoke bomb or you know whatever to to eliminate the pups without you know. There's no right. No uh, undue messes or anything, but anyway. It's so a, when you clear a den out like that, will will that den be used the next year by other coyotes? It can be. Okay. I've had them go back to the same hole. Typically, those areas, what we call a denning area, is a place where there's not much disturbance. Habitually, they're there. There's water somewhere close. There's cover somewhere close. Yep. And uh, if you think about it, and James and I talked about it a little bit the other day, if you take a, a certain draw that typically has a den in it, it goes beyond our, our, you know, our last 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, of hunting coyotes. How many years have coyotes denned in that particular area and how many pups were born there? And then, you know, you get a deal where there's just literally over the last 10 or 15 years, there's been a hundred pups born in that same draw. So they know where it is yep. and they know how to get back yep. to it. And they'll yep. later, you know, another, another female or something will move back into that same draw. Well, she's probably related or, you know, come out of that same draw yeah. at some point in her life, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. That's and, interesting. And, and will there be more than one densite in that draw you, th- you think, or is it not, not usually, but it, that I qualify that by saying in our area, right. You know, okay. All this stuff pertains to where, where you're used to working and how it is where you're at. It might be different here. It's going to be different in South Texas or Kansas or wherever, where, yeah, you may have two or three family groups in one drainage, but where we're at, typically it's, it's one family group. And then it'll be, a you know, might be a mile, might be 10 miles to the next family group. You never know. And what, so that, that's, to me, that's all real interesting because I mean, doing it, for for your job during the early portion of denning season your the, the chore isn't necessarily killing the coyotes the, the first the, the dominance or the, the parents that's not really the hard part the hard part's kind of fi- finding the den 
it can be you know you you can luck out and be right on top of them or you can walk for two days and mm. and hunt and so if you if you kill a, a pair and you don't find that den the first day that you kill them you go until you find it pretty much not always but i mean you put a great amount of effort into it okay. and, and regardless of what you do there will always be some you don't find but we find the majority of them and and like I say sometimes real easy sometimes it's a day later one of the cool things that you said to me that kind of stood out too was when when a gunner when you're flying over with a plane and you find what'd you call that it when you find you you have a den and it's all matted down in a circle right there we it, call it a playground. There you go. That, yeah. yeah. And that's a telltale sign of where the den is. That's that's really like that's stuff that I wouldn't really necessarily think about, but you're from the air, you're killing them and if if you're if your pilot says, "Hey, there it is." There you go. You got it. And yeah, and 90% of the time he's right on. Um other times, you never know somebody could have and it's not necessarily that the coyotes just move, but they do. They'll change den sites two or three times before them pups are Oh, know, no grown. shit. Yeah. So I got you. Them holes, so, get, them holes get full of fleas. And, okay. Yep. And, and and when you find like a, a, a pair, how normally, how close are they to the dens? Well, that that's the it's other varies. issue. It varies because if if it's early, early in the morning and they're out hunting, they may, yeah. be, they may be two miles from the okay. den. They could be off hunting somewhere and and you may not have a clue where that den is. You, we usually like, as far as the calling deal, we'll, we'll do a lot of what you get. I, I guess you'd call it recon or whatever to have a pretty good idea where they're at Yeah. or in the morning we'll wait Yeah. I was gonna until ask, them yeah. coyotes are home. Yep. You know, usually yep. by seven or eight o'clock they're done hunting and they're headed for those pups or they're close to those right. pups. But if you hit them right at daylight, sometimes they could be two miles okay. from Yep. from where the actual den site is yeah see that's stuff that just people don't that's stuff people have no idea yeah. about they just don't know the the other things so when you say they, they they move out of dens uh some of the factors that cause them to move could be pressure like you said fleas inf infestation in the, the pups crap everywhere and bring you know they bring home meat to feed them and stuff and you know not all that gets cleaned up and it gets pretty rank around there so they'll move down the country maybe yeah. two three four hundred yards maybe half a mile or i mean other things that happen just like you guys know day-to-day -day stuff you guys are out spraying weeds yep. you know you trip over a den or whatever you may not even know it's there but they know you are there so they may move yep. half a mile yep. you know yep so you can find a den site where they haven't been there for quite a while but it's because somebody was moving cows and bumped into them or was in there on their four wheeler spraying weeds or, you know, there's a lot of activity out there that can, can move them. How old before the parents leave them? The, to just for the pups to disperse, yeah, yeah, you mean? Yeah. In our country, they, what studies they've done and stuff and what people say is that if there's, if the prey base is high and there's lots to eat, they won't disperse or they won't split up that family group till say December, January, when oh, breeding, shit. when, when breeding starts in our country, what I always say is hunting season, you get 10 million people in the Hills hunting and they shoot at every cow they yeah. see. And that breaks up those family groups yeah. and two pups go here and four go there and the old ones leave and somebody excuse me, somebody else gets shot and you just, yeah. you know, that's what breaks them up, I think, in our country. That's a good theory. And we usually don't do any hunting until, you know, first prime, but what, two years ago we shot one, I guarantee it wasn't 10 pounds. Yeah. 
I mean, that was late October, I bet. September. He was, that was a runt. Yeah. When, when he was just, it was just him, you know, I. Well, you can have what typically what happens is on certain years and like say the prey base is high or something like that, you'll get some yearlings, which would be last year's pups. Yep. And they'll breed, but they'll breed really late. Okay. And so, you know. Like when you say late, if they're breeding in mid-February, when are you saying breeding late? Well, they might not get bred till March March or April. April. Okay. And then they may be, those pups might not have been born till the 1st of July. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll find little bitty pups sometimes, you know, into the first week or two of July. And you'll find some that were born, you know, 1st of April. Right. And that kind of plays into what Cal said. Uh, That was October, so... Right. I'm sure they've been shot at. So before we get into that too far, the biology of stuff, let's take the denning a step further from the phase of where you're, you're, you're smoke bombing or fox toxin or whatever you use to, 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 I don't think you can use that anymore. Well, (laughs) anyway, uh, (laughs) that won't be heard. You can wait. Are we live? Anyway. Uh, so whatever, whatever you do to get them, to get them gone early when they're little pups and they can't, you know, survive, they can't fend for themselves to the point where we are now, when I came out and hunted with you, you, you on the video that I did, you go, well, you know, these, these were probably what April pups and they're almost full grown and, and they're probably, you know, they're, they're probably down here 400 yards away, but they're going to be plum, plum fine fend for themselves, doing what they do, eating bugs, eating whatever. But, but doing the work that you do you just because they can fend for themselves your job isn't done if if you're if you're going to to kill a family group for somebody that has sheep and we're in the situation that we were in you kill the alpha or you kill the parents and and you know that that there's a few coyotes that are pretty much adult size around there that are the pups what do you do well we'll do our best to kill them and it it's not they're not going to probably cause you much trouble for a little while because they don't know how to kill anything as far mm-hmm. as sheep or whatever. But another adult will come in and take over those pups. And people say what they want or believe what they want. We see it time and time and time again. There's there's a yearling left there or somebody you didn't know about, and and they will do it. They'll find them straggler pups and pick them up and start killing for them, start feeding them. That's what the guy just asked. If, if, if you don't euthanize the den, the pups, will another female come in and raise those? They can. Yeah. Nothing's a hundred percent. Right. Um, right. I was getting, one of my favorite sayings. I had an old trapper that I used to, when I started doing some work, we were living in Southern Utah and, uh, I started going with a old government guy down there that I got to be good friends with. And one of the things he told me, he said, when it comes, I, I would, I would have a million questions to ask him nonstop about, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And his number one answer was, if I ask him a specific question, why do they do this? Well, because they're coyotes and they can. But one day he said, there's, he said, let me tell you something, everything you need to know about coyotes. He said, there's two words you can never use with coyotes. And he said, that's always and never. You yeah. can, you can't say a coyote will always do this. And you can't say a coyote will never do that. And yeah. That's some of the best advice I ever got. Yeah, that's good. That's that's really good. The truth, too. That's t-shirt good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really. So, um, 
I, uh, regarding the the denning and in, in the time frame that you're doing this right now, is there anything that you think that would be what? what hey, what kind? That's the thing. What kind of dogs are you using? That year that Keith and I went out there, you had a Yag Terrier. Yeah, and, and it's, it's kind of anything that'll work. I'm real, real partial to the mountain curs. Um, I've got a guy that raises some really nice dogs, and uh, I've had the last four or five dogs I've got from him, and they're good. But shoot, guys have used everything over the years. Some of the old guys, um, way back when, were using you know border collies. They were using hounds. They were we used you one know, mud out here. We used yeah <laughs> hanging tree. tree. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, Everybody has a preference, and it's just kind of whatever you can get along with. Yeah. Um, some guys, some guys will try to use the Airedales or something like that. I can't. I can't. I don't get along with them. I don't want to uh, discipline a dog that much. I want a dog that's nice to be around. Yeah. How yeah. many do you run at once? Just two. Usually. Two. Okay. Is there anything in particular training those dogs that you'd go over? Not really. Um, they kind of they have to have the want to and if they don't it's like a cow dog or a sheep dog a border collie whatever it kind of has to be ingrained in them and you can you can teach them this and that but if they don't want to work you can't make them the what you told me is exactly relevant to the set we made with spike their 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 safe place spike safe place he <laughs> he just ro he ran home yeah. and he goes it's tough to break a dog when they think their safe place is somewhere other than you yeah, yeah. If it's not you, if it's the truck or something like that, you're oh, just you're. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, that's good. His safe place was a mile and a half away, and he went all the way home. Yeah, he thought he was real tough until he seen the other two coyotes coming in. The other three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had one. Well, when James was there, we had one get throttled pretty good in the draw. Oh no shit! Oh shit! Yeah, we were that that dog. Kenny's like. Hey, that uh, what other your other dog's name needs to be over there helping him. <laughs> that dog was getting smoked. That's over, what I told right you. Over. I said, you better, we better shoot a couple of those coyotes. They're going to kill fucking Spike. Yeah. They were throttling him, weren't they? He was freaking getting lit up. You could hear it. Yeah. And usually I've never had a dog get hurt too bad. Um, usually them coyotes will just run and it's just one bite. They'll make a swipe as they're running past and grab them by a hind leg or something. But they usually don't just hang on and, yeah. and try to just get one plumb down. Right. So on the, on the talking point of this with that, that's pretty, that's like, look at, we're already at 25 minutes of, well, my BS at the beginning, we're 20 minutes of solid info. Uh, we probably won't get to any good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of, I'm looking at it real quick on, on what's your take on camel on your camel and the, the topping, the topic that you got written down there regarding that set up for, for your purposes and what you do. What's oh, your opinion? I'm, I'm just huge on camo and, and kind of the setup you've hunted with me both you know you guys um camel hides a lot and helps a lot and the other thing is the way i set up and with what i'm doing i'm not afraid to move i mean i will we've we seen that yeah yeah when I, we were out there i see guys kind of tell them that was super fast <laughs> tell them it's super fast well we i don't know if we even got one at that set or not but I looked over and Cal gets up and hands James the, the remote for the call. And he says, here, do what you want. I'm going to go kill that fucker. <laughs> and he walked, I bet he was two miles away. And we're sitting there. And I don't think you ever got it, but I think you said the next day or something, you went and got in the helicopter and got him. Yeah, we probably went back. Yeah, I was like, point. holy yeah. shit, this guy's for real. Yeah. But anyway, keep going on the camel and your, your mobility. Well, just, yeah, all, the whole thing. We set up, I see guys, you know, videos 
I'm like everybody. I watch YouTube or whatever, and I see guys sitting out there in lawn chairs and yeah. big tripods yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. And that's just not my not my game. I I want to be able to get up and move. Um, the stand James and I filmed the other night. We sat where we thought we should be, and and everything got changed on us. And we got up and run down the hill three four hundred yards, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. to a, to another rock pile and crawled in there in the rocks, and we had a coyote within what six feet yeah i was we couldn't even film it because it was too just close under the lip too close yeah. but no. um you the, know the shooting positions that you had to get yourself in right there like i said i was looking just from from my perspective i was kind of kink eyeing out of my peripheral and the the one you had to initiate you had to you had to immediately get prone on the one to make that 250 plus yard shot to the other to the other peak of that hill and then the other one that that we ended up getting the second the second coyote you were on that rock pile and you had to be shooting. Oh damn. You almost had to be shooting straight down. It was steep. Yeah. And I'm just looking, looking out of the corner, seeing what kind of position you're in a very unorthodox, unnatural shooting position that you have to get yourself into to do that. And you did, I mean, obviously when, you did when you're you and do you shotgun carry a shotgun too or not? You know, <clears throat> just for, for whatever reason yeah i used to a lot and it kind of depends on the dogs you're using yeah um i've had a couple old dogs that for whatever reason they got in the habit of bringing coyotes really close or they you know some some coyotes or some dogs figure out you know that when they stop a coyote at 100 yards you're going to shoot it and they get to go chew on it other dogs figure out that well if they bring them right to your lap then you're same yeah. deal just different place right so depending on the dog you're running at this particular time, yeah, there's times you got to have a shotgun. And uh, the, the friend of mine that James met the other day, Kenny used to have an old dog, and the dog's name was Man. And it didn't matter what happened. The coyotes would single him out, and he was going to end up in your lap. So you better have a shotgun. And we shotgunned more coyotes than we shot with a rifle with right. that dog. Dogs I've got now kind of tend to hold them out a bit, and I I haven't hardly packed a shotgun all summer. Right. What which do you prefer? I mean, obviously, one rifle or one gun is is probably better. But would you rather have them bringing them in close like that, or it doesn't really matter? Care? Yeah. Now it it's a little tougher as far as trying to make sure that you know the coyotes in the clear, and you're not yeah. going to shoot a dog, and somebody's not going to pop up in front of you or whatever, and got to be pretty conscious of that and it's that's a little easier if they're out there 100 yards right you know i can look and see where my dogs are figure it out pick up my rifle shoot a coyote and you know know what's going on so the shotgun deal can get a little hectic at times you and james are talking about moving all the time what what do you like for a sport on the front of your rifle i i run a set of bipods i've tried everything i'm like probably like you guys have too you know i've i've ran everything at one time or another i used to run the little what are the really good little short um bipods Paris. um no they're atlas the atlases i run the atlases and a set of shooting sticks for a long time and uh, that system worked because you can flip them down and prone out if you want to and you got your sticks and some of them got a lot of guys still run that i found a set of sticks that uh, made by an outfit in Utah that actually goes long enough. Plus, they'll go short enough to go prone. They spread and they do all kinds of stuff. There's getting to be some better sticks out, uh, or as bipods, I guess you'd call them. But Those, his his bipods are really uh, really close to what your MDTs are. Oh, really? Yeah, they're they're that's not what they are, but they're it's a similar concept. 
It's did you know the name brand of you, what the name brand of those ones are that you have? Hatch Outdoors is the ha- company. Hatch Outdoors. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 the the they're pretty much the same concept. I got what they can do. Yeah. yeah, a few people are starting to make some really crazy bipods like that. Yeah, the old Harris's everybody had a set of them, and they were they were too long for prone, they were too short for set, yeah. and they didn't fit anywhere. Yep. Well, there was guys that learned to use them very well. Yeah, that's but, yeah. What but we they learned. were yeah, everybody started with them and. And then I don't know. You you just keep changing stuff to find what works. Yeah, exactly. That's what a lot of people don't don't understand. Uh, and then, so you're you're a firm believer in camouflage. You, I mean, it's so the guys out there that are listening. There's a lot of guys that just bad mouth it. I mean, I'm 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 for especially for filming, and then for the the sole purpose of what you do for for a living, every advantage that you can take. Well, you know. look at it in percentages, you know, say you go out and yeah, you could kill, um, whatever, 90 coyotes with no camo and sitting in a lawn chair, but there's 10 coyotes that you spill because of it. They see you, they smell, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case is, those 10 coyotes mean a lot to me. They might not yeah, to somebody else. Exactly. And so therefore, you know, if that camo saves me just a coyote here and there, you it's know, exactly it's that's worth it yeah. to me yeah. that's perfect because what what we fall into is guys that just go they'll just go and they don't give two shits if they're if they seal a deal on this set and if they're successful on that set and you know they just they, they just wipe the slate we're on this exact same similar mindset of you as yeah. where where our success rate per set has to be very high otherwise we're not happy and and that's the same people that are they're okay with calling in two and getting one. Exactly. Yeah. Or it, educating everything in the area. And yeah. You know, it's, coyotes never die. It's completely different when you're when you're covering a mass area, and 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 you, you nobody hunts it, and your your success is going to be good, but it's not going to be perfect. I mean, obviously nobody's going to be perfect, but that's what we are striving for, and it's the same exact mindset. It's that's what a lot of that's exact that's perfect. That, that that's what we want to explain to guys, not in a bad way, but just a completely different perspective from the, you know, the, the, the everyday, or I should say weekend mm. look compared to the everyday lifestyle of it. Um, yeah, let's do, let's, uh, here's a lot, dude, you got a lot of, a lot of awesome stuff. I'm all about getting, yeah, jump around, whatever you got. What, what's I mean, a, what's, yeah. What, do, what's another topic well, like I said, everything I put down is completely random. That's um, perfect. Going back to my my job, the other thing, you know, you guys have concentrated on being really good hunters, and uh, and you've got into the night hunting deal, and you guys were some of the first ones to get really, really uh, excited about what a suppressor can do for you and stuff. As far as me, as far as work and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, we do a lot of other stuff too. Um, we trap, we snare, we fly, um, you know, that, that's some stuff that maybe doesn't pertain to, you know, your average recreational caller, but we change tools year round. And so that, that would be the only other thing that I would touch on. That's probably different for us or for the guys that do what I do. So, um, and I mean, it, your job is to, to kill those coyotes and you're going to do it anyway necessary for say pretty much yeah. you know 90 percent of it is just staying ahead of um ahead of the problem it's it's easier to, to keep the numbers down and stay ahead of a problem sure. than it is to mop up after the 
you know, yeah. problem has started, I guess. And when you say we, what we, what's your team consist of? Is well, it you I'm, and your pilot I'm just, or what? I mean, it's yeah, dogs. I'm just referring to, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. there's quite a few guys that do what I do and some of them that do it better than I do and all that. But I'm just talking about ADC guys in general, sure. you know, that, gotcha. that pretty much do this for a living or year round. So when you go though, is it are you solo usually, or do you have a guy that goes with you, or it's almost all, we're all, or I'm almost always by myself. I'll have a friend go or something once in, you know once in a while, but but probably eighty ninety percent of the time you're by yourself. Is there a certain time of year that you kill more coyotes, or it's easier to kill coyotes? I like the yeah for me it's Dannon and sure, okay. you know that kind of stuff. But we can have some good days in the wintertime, too if we go yeah. fly or do something along yeah. them lines. And then the other tools we use, like whether it's snares or traps or whatever, you're just kind of filling in, in between and, and trying to keep up with things. Yeah. Okay. So let's, I'm going to do a little bit of a swap on this one. Uh, since we went into the, the methods or we were, we're kind of going into the methods, one being the, the denning and the dogs, uh, next being, let's just run through some, some traps and snare scenarios. Do you still trap quite a bit too? Or not so much. I I'll be the first to admit I'm a horrible trapper as far as steel traps and footholds. I I'm not. I know some guys that are good. I'm not, and it's probably the worst tool in my arsenal. I do good with snares, um, and occasionally, you know, like the cyanide guns, M44s. We'll use them around livestock some, and occasionally they'll work pretty good. But snares are huge for me, and uh, and then flying. We do a lot of flying in the wintertime. Explain what a cyanide gun is. I have no idea. It's just a... It's a critter gator. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> It's a little stake that you pound in the ground, and it's got a spring-loaded uh, cyanide capsule in it, and you put a little bit of bait on the head of it. And basically when a coyote actually... They have to actually physically grab it and pull it to trip a trigger, and then it it's just a tiny little spring and it just shoots a little capsule of cyanide in their mouth. Cyanide, which you probably watched the old movies or whatever, it is pretty much inert until it hits moisture. It turns to a gas. They inhale it, and they get about two breaths. And, and That quick. Yeah. So you, when they when they get smoked by that, they're five yards away, ten yards away? It can be. Sometimes, sometimes when that little spring goes off, it'll spook them enough that they'll kind of like, they, they must take off running because sometimes they'll be 100 yards or something. Oh, usually, wow. usually they're inside 100 yards. Okay. Okay. And then um, and then your other method is is aerial. Yep. That's, uh, let's kind of go on that real, just kind of over, you used to, you used to gun a lot. Now, I mean, do you still do that quite a bit or what's, just explain from the, from the air versus on the ground what you do, both perspectives. Well, I, I did gun quite a bit for a while. I wasn't the greatest at it, or I wasn't the greatest out of the airplane for definite, sure. Um, the helicopter's pretty easy. But we also run ground crew, which basically is ground crew. What you're doing is finding coyotes ahead of the plane um, by running a siren or a location, get them to howl. You can call a guy on the airplane and say, hey, there's a pair of coyotes over here, over there. And he'll find some on his own, um, quite a few, but um, we're along to help and then if they cripple one like if they bang one up and can't find it or something we'll go back with our dogs and try to find it and mm -hmm. clean it up there again it goes back to the you're, you're shooting for no escapees yeah 
and you know not smartening anything up they get wise to the airplane or the helicopter just like they do calling or anything oh, else shit. so on on the on the the aerial side of things when you're when you're on the ground actually let's do this because you said before the plane comes you do a lot of locating is and even while they're there we'll we'll try to get ahead of them they'll be flying one drainage we'll run to another pasture or something and try to find something and to say this, while they're hunting something out we'll go find something else for them to do tell them where that over here there we got a pair over here yep. we got a group over here when you go um for the guys out there that are like probably a lot of this shit i don't want to say is over their head but see there's guys that that are getting into to calling they're getting into hunting coyotes you did a lot of uh did you didn't you you do a lot of contests early on or a few contests early on or not really yeah i i tried it all at one time or another but yeah i i went to the contest oh back in the early 2000s up until probably Oh, 2012 or no, earlier than that, I guess somewhere in the, in there, 2008 or six or eight or something, I went to work for the feds for the USDA and they said, absolutely not. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. So there was a few years there that I didn't go to any, but before that, or prior to that, I'd went to quite a few. That's where I, guys like Les Johnson, Al Morris, them guys, I knew them guys way before any of this other social media and Fox pro and whoever else came around, you know, that's how I, Les and I've been friends for years before any of this, before any TV shows or any, anything, you know, for, for the guys that, that are interested like us, if you're going to make a set on a, during a contest versus if you're going to go make a set for your job now, what, what do you do? You know, for just, just, well, it's, it's completely different because for work, you know, we'll dork around with all screw with a pair of coyotes or a coyote all morning to get that particular coyote killed. And the contest, you can't do that. Um, Kenny Brunell, who met, you met the other day, when we first started going to some contests, we thought we would do well because we could kill every coyote we found because we had been working, you know, we both worked in the ADC deal and whatever. We learned really fast that, yeah, we could, but that's not what wins contests contests are run and gun blow and go yeah you know if it ain't gonna come if it ain't gonna work go find one that will you know and so it, it's a completely different mindset and so our mindset how, how hard was that then as far as i mean for your work it's that shit's gonna die where yeah well the contest the contest we were going out which, of state we went to uh, all okay, kind, you okay. know big different places then we never really worked any contests where we were right, actually right. working so we were you know, we went all over to the, yeah, into Arizona or Nevada or. So then when you do that, do you hunt public ground or do you find people or know some, people? Yeah, we did some everything. We hunted a lot of public. We hunted a lot of private. Um, you get out and, you know, one thing I will say about the contest, it was fun to go see a lot of different places and learn different things. We went to Nevada one time and I called Les um, he wasn't going that year, and it, I think the world was out there. And I called Les, and I said, well, here's where we're going to hunt. Is there any secrets? And he said, yeah. He said, when you get there, he said, just get right in the brush with the coyotes with your shotguns. And we got there, and we looked at it, and a lot of it looked like here, like Wyoming, big creek bottoms, big sagebrush. 
and then it would open up out out away from the creeks and we thought there's no way this is just like wyoming we're just going to call them out of the brush to us and shoot them like we always do well we fought that for a day and then finally it's like okay i guess maybe we'll take Les's advice and crawl in the sagebrush with them and we got run over just every stand huh. you know we we were a day behind we didn't win anything at that hunt i don't think but but we learned because Les already knew you know he'd been there done that and, and i should have listened but i wasn't smart enough i thought we could <laughs> we got better sounds or we got yeah, better yeah. we can we can do what he said it can't be done and he was right we were wrong do you see uh call shy coyotes uh, working you know oh non-stop yeah, yeah that's yeah, endless yeah, yeah um where i work the county i work in there's lots of coyote callers and <clears throat> wintertime stuff i don't hardly even fool with it anymore we just go right. to other methods and yeah and i don't do much calling in the wintertime just because everybody else is out and yeah, right. and uh everybody's there's some guys around that kill a lot of coyotes there's some guys around that screw up a lot of coyotes right probably more of those guys well just like everywhere yeah yeah the, so on take a take a guy through your set if you're if you have this this just take a, a picture perfect scenario so if you're gonna hunt some guy's ground or you're doing work on some guy's ground usually do you try to get exclusivity for every way shape or form to kill those coyotes you would like that but you can't you can't but but okay so it, it doesn't matter i you'll have guys tell you that oh yeah i don't let anybody else in and then <laughs> you see somebody at the sporting goods store and you know it's it's his nephew or his cousin or yeah. something well yeah we were just out there the other day and <laughs> we see that shit all you the know time. We, we called in four and we did get one shot or whatever <laughs> you know and so it's it doesn't matter what they tell you or what what goes on there's there's people everywhere it just it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Say that you do have a good scenario where there's, there's a rancher and he wants you to do, he wants just you to do work and you're going to go in there and make a set. You're not doing any kind of a contest. You're going in there to, to do what you do. And that's just to try to be as successful as you can initially calling with no dogs. Say it's a good, you know, good, cool, cold winter time set where you, you there's no pressure what is the first thing that you do to to go into that set? Do you, I mean, just from your perspective, do you locate first? Do you just go in and just and make a cold stand, or what do you do for for anybody that's interested in how you would do it? Well, see, you're going like there's probably people watching this. Okay, we don't have to. I'm all oh, we could. We don't. That's no. what I thought. There's, like, there's only holy shit, James. You no, went there. We don't have to say. We don't have to say. There's six. only twelve people watching right now. Thirteen. Yeah. So no, what what I would say, um, in all truth, <laughs> I want to know where the coyotes are, and and so location, and I don't care how you do it. It can be with binoculars, it can be by hearing them howl, it can be whatever. But but your success goes up exponentially by knowing where those coyotes are at that time. I'm and I'm talking at the time that you're going in there, not where they were yesterday or the day before or whatever. So you know, I'll fork around i spend a million hours in in a spot and scope and and hopefully i can see a pair of coyotes somewhere go into a draw and then guess what i know they're there yeah and it's huge it's a huge difference i don't care what sound you use what call you use or anything else if they're there you have a way better chance than if they're not yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. what kind of spotting scope do you use 
I run a loophole. Yeah, that golden ring here. That's the good one. See, though, the, most people don't what, just automatically, they won't, they will never take the time to do that. You know, like you out, you, the, the amount of time that you have your eye glued to that spotter, you, you, people would never understand. Yeah, and, and like I say, there's, there's a lot of different methods, but, you know, I'll slip around and howl a little bit, maybe even in the night and kind of know where there's some coyotes or where I want to go and, and I'll spend a lot of time on that one stand if I know there's a coyote there or a group of coyotes or whatever. Okay. When you're, you go out and say you, like we were talking when I came down and you would actually throw a cot up on a hill or a mountain and sleep and just, you know, you, you would, you'd hear coyotes here and then you would do your thing. Explain that. And then also, if you can remember, explain, um, say you you're you're you wake up in in a tent or you wake up to whatever and and you hear some coyotes ripping off at two or three in the morning from your knowledge over the past experiences how far will you make a set from where you heard those coyotes to the time where you can actually see in the morning and you're going to make that set if you're going to do it well what i was talking about was was finding coyotes um in this like in a denning situation or whatever and when i started we didn't have the things we have now we didn't have the big electronic calls we didn't have a lot of stuff and and what i figured out that a lot of the old guys would do is they would camp with near where they thought the coyotes were and they would in the night they would hear them howl as a family group or whatever and they would know exactly where they were it's a it's just another method of location and uh, like I said, to me, location is key. And so that was a way when I didn't know anything, and I mean, or very little, I could find coyotes that were hard to find or, or that wouldn't answer because I wasn't out there trying to make them answer. I was just out there camped out in a little tent or a cot and listening for them in the night. And uh, so you hear them and and I learned, I was joking, but I learned because you, you would wake up in the night and be listening to them and think you knew exactly where they were and get up in the morning and go to them and uh, you'd be off a little ways. So I always joked I'd get up in the night and I'd take one of my shoes and point, them, point a shoe directly at where it was. That way when I got up in the morning, I'd look at my shoe and they were over there. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. really cool. That's shit that you don't hardly ever, or I don't ever hear about. Yeah. So that's yeah. really like, it's just, it's so modern now. You just, you just don't even think about that. You know, that's, what's awesome. Yeah. Well, it was, and, and like I say, that was at the beginning of my career and there was a lot of nights gone from home and uh, thankful for a good wife. Cause I don't know how she put up with it. Cause I was gone a lot. That's all I wanted to do is, you know, I'd go out and hunt in an evening, camp somewhere, mm. get up in the morning, have a little coffee. I'd heard some coyotes in the night, and I'd walk over and kill them. That's cool. So what, do you save the fur? On At times. Right. When, when there when there were something, I'll skin a few coyotes or put a few up or something, or yeah. save a few frozen ones. And, you know, when they get down to where they're not worth much like they have been the last couple of years, I'm not going to screw with them. Yeah. I'm going to go kill something else. Yeah. That's the same thing. Let's, uh, that's, those are, that's, that's so much interesting stuff. Let's talk about some, uh, uh, let's talk about some biology. Like, um, how far we, we, we were talking about this too, whenever I was up there, 
how far some of those coyotes will actually travel into like a, a kill site into where they're you know where there's sheep or something and you figure all that out yeah on most of them deals we were talking about it i would say you know a mile or two or three is real common but we've we've found or i've found you know different deals that were six or seven miles away and that, you know some of them were just fluke deals uh when i first started for the county down there by casper <clears throat> the other trapper that was there he was working on a killing deal a bad killing deal where they were killing lambs and he was going there that morning and he sent me up a drainage he he gave me some directions hey there'll go down this road and that road and the other road and there's a big draw there and there'll be a den of coyotes there and he was right i went to him and and killed him and uh, i had mentioned to him i talked to him later in the morning on the phone and i said yeah I, I got him i said that dog was real late getting there i said i sat on them pups and female for a couple hours before he showed up and and then I killed everybody and whatever. And he said, well, how far away from there are you? And I said, well, I don't know, a couple miles. He said, well, turn around, go back, and cut that dog open and mm. see what he was full of. And I did. And I went back to him. It was, And he was definitely full of wool and lamb. And he was seven miles. Holy shit. Look at that. From, from those sheep. And there was no sheep in between where, where I killed him and where the trouble was. He had, it was like right at... As near as we could figure, we didn't have GPS then and stuff, but by looking at maps, we figured it was almost seven miles. That's from here to our nearest sheep. <laughs> yeah, it is. Literally. It is, dude, in a straight line. Think of that. <laughs> Think so. What? And they got to go that fast. It's not, It's not. oh, he was there last week. It's He was there last night. Early. And watching the ones come from the south knowing and watching the whole way and what's that, three miles? Yeah, watching those three come all in right. a straight line to a bait pile from there. Yeah, thinking that's crazy. And that's a third of about a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So what? what's your thoughts on that scenario? If they're coming, if he, so it was a male that was, he was a solo, well, not solo, but at the time he was solo. He yep. was going and killing and bringing all that back. To feed, probably mostly to feed her then. It was early and the pups were a little bitty and... And the old female was probably staying right with him, and he was more or less feeding her. Mm -hmm. And then later on, they'll feed the pups. Once the the Both pups, go. yeah, those pups will get weaned pretty fast, or four weeks, and they're eating them old coyotes. Then they'll both go and uh, fill their stomachs up, come back and regurgitate it for them pups. Did right. you say they'll wean at four weeks? Just off the you, yeah, but but you're they'll start weaning earlier than that. Yep. No shit. That's fast. Yeah. I've had. I've of course you guys know I've recorded a lot of sounds i've had a lot of pups yep. over the years and i've caught pups you know that were a week or two old and you can have them eating cat food in two or three days wow oh, shit. Yeah. that's interesting real yeah. interesting we'll talk about that too but for, for from that scenario that's that's crazy uh seven miles from where he was to where that food source was that he liked or easy or whatever it was for him. Whatever the case was, whether there was no nothing else in that area, no rabbits, no rodents, or what what his deal was, or why, he, or if it was just that easy for him. But he was going that far to sheep. What? So obviously, the 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 territorial boundaries didn't affect him doing what he was doing in between there. At in that in those areas where there is a lot of sheep there's not very many coyotes and so their territories will be 
huge. And the I mean, per, what, there, why is there might not have been any coyotes between him and the sheep? Because you guys are smoking them so hard so often. Yeah, is that that's why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, there might only been you know one or two family groups. You guys just area. you guys had a whole buffer zone created around those sheep from doing your job. Exactly. And they were coming from out of that zone. In that's a freaking stretch. It's crazy you say that there might not have been any, any coyotes in that area. And we always are sitting there thinking how many coyotes are from here to there, you know, or how yeah. Many, yeah. How many always thinking of shit like that, but, it, but, it, but it's, yeah, and it always, it, it all varies obviously, but well, not, yeah, we touched on that a little bit, you know, when it comes back to biology and science and studies and all that, it changes regionally. Sure. It changes yeah. within a few yeah. hundred yeah. miles. Right. We have so many guys that, are, that say, oh, if, you, if we <laughs> can do it here with the coyote, you can do it there. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. just, man, it's it's different. The territory, the habitat, the coy- it, it all plays a part in how each species acts in certain areas and certain ecosystems is different. Oh, completely. I went to, I've hunted in South Texas a few times and, and of course, there's so much to eat there. There's I mean, it's just everywhere you look, there's rabbits and pigs and, and every little critter you can think of. And so the prey base is just huge and the coyotes are just stacked on top of each other. It's just one group after another, after another, after another in tiny, tiny areas to me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of my perception, even though I haven't been there. That's the perception that I get as yeah. well. But that's, that's a good, interesting story, man. That's just crazy. And, and, uh, have you, what I really have been trying to do is get a biologist on that has actually collared a coyote and, and looked at some statistical data regarding GPS pings. Have you, have you heard or seen or, or heard of anything, uh, distances traveled, you know, like there was even when I was reading an outdoor life, oh gosh, dang, I was like in high school when they did this and it, they were talking about maybe, maybe I was in college. Anyway, they, they were talking about this coyote that they had GPS collared and they purposely went out and tried to call. And this coyote came in and uh, he just sat on a hill and they knew what he was doing. That because coyote held up out there. Yeah. Sat there, okay. sat there, sat there, yep. sat there, sat there all day long. He sat there, you know, 400, eight, whatever the distance was. And after that, after those guys left, after the sunset, he moseys on down and circles around right where they were calling, does this thing and leaves. And I mean, and, and it was statistical data because you can see exactly what he did. And I, I don't know, to me, stuff like that's interesting. Have you heard of anybody, any information on collared coyotes that have maybe traveled certain distances or anything like that? Not, not a lot firsthand. Probably the same stuff you've looked at. And, you know, what I always say, the problem with most of them studies yeah. is they're in a non-pressured area. Um, you know, if you want to study coyotes and for it to be easy, you're going to go to Yellowstone or mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. where they're not, yeah. you know, and so... That changes the whole dynamic. I would love to see some studies done somewhere where them coyotes are getting bounced around between collars and airplanes and, you know, whether right. it's here or right. where I live or whatever. Um, the amount of activity or intervention those coyotes are seeing, they're like a ping pong ball. You know, yeah. they get bounced around here and there and everywhere by hunters and road hunters and deer hunters yeah. and that kind of stuff. Most of the studies that have been done they go somewhere where nobody's bothering them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so that's, yeah. that's a perspective that you just don't it, yeah. think of. Yep, exactly. Yeah. They're yeah. doing a study that they kind of want to sway in the way that they want it to go. Well, that's, I've said that about studies in general, and I don't care if it's anything pertaining to ag or coyotes or whatever. 
um, anything that's been done, I don't care if it's rotational grazing or like we were talking the other day, every study is skewed to the way that the person doing it wants it to come out. Whether they mean to or not, whether it's on purpose, you know, it's just they, they're after a certain result and they, they will skew the results that way to try to get the result that they want mm-hmm. or that they believe. Yeah, that's true. And that's why the, the, the probably, to be honest, the closest bit of information that the statistical data that we want to get is going to be coming from guys like you. You know, you get you get a subject matter expert like you, you get somebody like like less you get somebody you know you just get guys that does continuously like you you more so do it you do it all the time so your 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 data is going to be more in line with what we want but you get enough guys that do that and you start overlapping all the data and you looking at the big picture well and i'm fortunate in my in my situation in my job to get to work with other people that do the same thing or uh or similar things or you know our pilot um our old airplane pilot has, I don't even know, he's got to be like pushing 30 years of, of doing this and, and how many thousands of coyotes and, and you get to draw on that resource of where he's seen coyotes and what they do and where they usually den and stuff like that. And he's flown that country for 30 years. Yeah. Don't think he doesn't know. Exactly. So, and you know, same thing with old trap, you know, you get a hold of an old, one of the old trappers and, there's a guy in KC that we know real well. He's pretty much retired now, but he was there for 40 or 50 years, and his dad did the same thing before him, if you can believe that. So yeah, what's that. that information worth? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. yes. Because he, he knows everything his dad told him years ago, and things change. There's more coyotes now than there was. Them guys went through the periods of poison, you know, whether it was cyanide or 1080 or stuff like that when there wasn't hardly any coyotes until all the way now when there's more coyotes than there's ever been because of because there's no poison or anything available you know those guys have seen it all and to have that resource is pretty lucky for somebody like me i guess yeah yeah and and us just to be able to like guys like you that 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 will give us the information that you're giving us because that's what that's what i want to do i want to create like a visual dictionary you know and visual encyclopedia of of information because well we can go into that too but we'll we'll wait because you you just the platforms are there for you guys to do it but unfortunately the platforms are dwindling because of certain reasons if you know what I'm saying yeah okay yeah. before before we go into any of that shit first we're see we're already at an hour man it feels like ten minutes that's what's that's what we're about so the the what when we went and made that set. That last set when I was down there, we killed that double. And I was just asking on video, what what do you guys think is going on with these? What do you guys think is going on with these coyotes? Before I even finished my sentence, Kenny had his freaking knife pulled out, got it out. And you're like, this is what he's doing, which that's where I wish I would have had you mic'd up because I had that shotgun mic in its directional. I have to have it pointed at whoever's talking. And you can hear you talking quite a bit, but explain to guys what he was doing. Because well, I had a lot of guys on on that YouTube that were cool. like, "Dude, what? What? Really? I didn't know you could do that." Yeah, and we've done. That's nothing new to you. Yeah, and you don't think about it. I mean, it's so habit. I mean, it's just a habit for us to see what she had or what's going on or something like that. And 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 in our business, it's just like we'll go kill some cows with the airplane, and I'll guarantee you, when I get home and the pilot calls me, 
what was that? Well, that was a female. Well, how many did she had? He'll ask, that's the first thing he'll ask me. And, you know, and, and I'll know because I'll have cut her open and, yep. you know, and it's just, I don't know, it's just more information, you know, how many she had, where they're, how many you're looking for, if they're big pups or, or even if they're little or, you know, stuff like that. And then you kind of develop a trend as far as big litters one year, little litters one year, something like that. You kind of know what's going on in your coyotes. What by, do you think determines that big or small litters? Well, by what they have to eat. Prey base. Okay. I told James the other day, and he thought it was pretty something he hadn't heard before, but what I've always said and always heard, and I know it's a fact, is that coyotes don't control the rodent populations. Rodents control the coyote populations. Yeah, you always hear guys on YouTube yeah. all the time, oh, you're killing those, you're going to upset the ecosystem. You're killing it because coyotes do eat a lot of mice, but you, your perspective makes perfect sense. Yeah, the mice are going to come and go on their own. They're us, you know, they run in cycle, mice, rabbits, any any rodent like that, they run in huge, in, in big cycle. And you guys have seen it your whole lives. One or two years here, there's rabbits everywhere. And we notice that more yeah. and more. Yeah. Uh, night and then, with the and then all of a sudden, all the rabbits die. It, the cows didn't kill them. Yep. They get something else in them. They get, you know, tularemia or whatever rabbits get. And same with mice and every other rodent population. They have a big die off and the coyotes are having a tough time. And, and when coyotes have a tough time, their litters aren't as big. I've always sure. laughed at the deal where I've read it a thousand times where it's kind of like people will say, well, coyotes know when the population is low and they will increase their litter size like the coyote has anything <laughs> to do with it. They don't. Yeah. It's just yeah, I've heard they're before. in good shape and they're fat and they they breed and they have more pups. Like you but said, replacement heifers. Yeah, yep. I was going to say cattle, same way. Yeah, take a sorry old heifer and... And don't treat her good and, and see if she breeds back for you. You know, she won't. She's yep. thin and poor and not getting enough to eat. She's not going to breed back. And coyotes are the same way. They're going to have, if they're fat and happy, they're going to have big litters. Yeah. Now, going into more detail, when he gutted that coyote, what did he do? He cut out a specific piece to look at a specific thing. It's the fallopian tubes. Is You know, you've had a little biology with cows, I'm sure. But it's the fallopian tubes and, and each one of those pups were attached just like a calf is or any other mammal they're attached somewhere to a they call it a cotyledon is where they're attached and and uh, that leaves a scar where every one of them pups come off of so uh right after they have them pups that that deal will be that you know big around as a quarter and as time goes on throughout the summer it just keeps shrinking up until fall they're really hard to see and uh but but you can cut that cut those tubes out and count those scars and tell exactly how many pups she had and then you can uh, then then that's a huge uh, um, amount of data for you because you're like oh well shit if she's had five pups you know we're done here if she's had 10 pups we probably better focus on this area yep and what's on on from on your trends is there has there been any kind of a pattern other than when you guys told me when you and kenny were talking you're like Remember that one year when our average was like 10 pups per bitch? Yeah, and that was, and it was just, it goes back to exactly what we were talking about. For whatever reason in our area, which is northeastern Wyoming, the rabbit population was through the roof. The the mice, the rodents, whatever, were at an all-time high, and the litters were huge for a few years. Average, average, you were seeing average one that you killed and cut open and looked at was 10. I I think it was like eight or nine where I was at, and but 
but I think Kenny had a 14 that year, and I think I had a 14, two or three 13, Jeez, a couple that... 12s, you know, and it's like we'd never see that, you know, when your normal is five or six. And so, those people that don't understand how fast the coyote population can grow, just look at that. Oh, absolutely. How many of those pups are live, uh, will live, you think? We don't know. Yeah. It's, yep. yeah. Um, on a good year, most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Until somebody comes along, like say deer hunters in the fall or whatever, and big dumb pups standing by the road. You yeah. Yeah. That's probably the first major. Every one of them is going to shoot at it. Yep. Yeah. Occasionally you'll get some, and you can tell, but uh, you'll get some distemper or parvo or something run through them and kill a bunch of litters mm-hmm. earlier. But And we noticed this year, as far as pups, there was none. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it regarding killing them unless right. they were unless they were full size and they get so what uh, one of the things I was going to ask you was that exactly you're talking about coyote disease and we've talked about it on a couple other podcasts but uh, just for people that don't understand so you just have it's the cycles of life you have a, a rodent population that can explode and with that population you have bigger litter sizes regarding coyotes and what happens if man, if you don't intercede, if you don't expose yourself to that situation and do what your job is to kill them and take that population down? Well, it's not just my job. It's, it's the world over. If people don't, what I've always said is if, if we, if humans don't control a population of any mammal, whether it's elk, deer, coyotes, or whatever, then mother nature's going to. And what I always say is, Mother Nature is, that's a bad, it's a little bad more harsh, isn't it's it? by disease or starvation. Yep. And any, any mammal or any animal can outgrow their food source, prey base, territories, whatever you want to say. And then that's when Mother Nature steps in and then it's ugly. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. All the diseases, you got mange, parvo, you have a lot of different things that go starvation. And or any species. Exactly. And if it's, it's. Yeah, I mean, the, the base that we're talking to right now understand the concept, and we really try hard at the work that we do to to show. I don't, I, I don't like interjecting ethical, but it, it plays a part, unfortunately, now. But the, the precision aspect of it, the, the shot in the head or the shot directly in the vitals, and that's such, such a, a, a much cleaner ethical kill than than anything nature will throw at it you know i oh, think oh completely yeah completely and like um like we were just talking it can be with anything you can take the eastern whitetail population or whatever you want and quit hunting them and see what happens i mean they'll they'll eat themselves out of house and home and then they're gonna they're gonna develop more diseases and they're gonna starve to death and they're gonna be in people's back lawn starving to death and whatever. So you, you can take away the deer hunting if you want to, but that's what's going to happen yeah. when you do. That's exactly what happens, 100%. We got EHD here that freaking just hammers the shit out of them because, you know, one year, one year, about four years ago, you'd look down here on a half a circle of alfalfa and you'd count 60 to 80 whitetail. And you know damn well. I mean, sure, it's sustainable because there's enough food here, but when you have an overpopulation in one way, shape, or form, maybe the methods of thinning them out isn't starvation. It's something else, and it was EHD. And they're just dying left you, and right, you know. You drove right by our mailbox. You saw all those dead, all those skulls on it. Mm. Those were all found the same year, and not one of those deer was shot. Jeez. Yep. Yeah, yep. just a bummer deal. But it's it's what happens. 
Yeah, well, we see it. Like even in our area, the whitetails, which I'm not a whitetail fan. I mean, I like to hunt them, I guess. But uh, the whitetails have overpopulated. We don't grow a real big whitetail or a real desirable whitetail. There's some people that hunt them, but they've basically taken over uh, probably over half or three-quarters of the original mule deer habitat in yeah, our country. And so the, the mule deer are suffering because there's too many whitetails. Same thing here. Yep. It's, I mean, not on, not on your level probably, but yeah, there used to be awesome mule deer here and it just, the same thing, the whitetail took over the farm ground and pushed the, the mule deer out and the mule deer kind of are more, they push them to a, a worse food source and to the predators. Yep. Yeah. Because they can't winter. The mule deer can't winter down here in your field where you're going to keep the coyote shot. They're out in the hills somewhere getting ate on by the coyotes. So, exactly. Yep. And that's where, unfortunately, we, the coyotes get pushed too, because they're not, you know, they're, or they just live there. Yep. Uh, are you, have you seen, um, yeah, that's, I was, I forgot what I was going to ask. Thank God. <laughs> are we, are we, are we racking your brain too hard? No, okay, good. No. All right. Just tell us if we're making your brain over, over. No, you're I know. Just, I could tell you not. You're making me talk too much. That, no, that's what we're, that's what She's we want. John ain't saying nothing. We're just, we just want, that's what we want. Cause we, we don't know anything. That's why. <laughs> I, I I'm think. busy swatting flies. Yeah. Thank you more. No more than you're letting on. <laughs> Keith might. You have a crippled coyote written down here. Was there something that I didn't touch base on that? Oh, not really. Just talking about <clears throat> when I was telling you the story about the coyote that came from so far. One other time I was working on a deal just by myself on a sheep deal. And I figured out after a day or two where the coyotes were coming from. And, uh, so I went to him one morning and, uh, I just lucked out and walked right in on the whole deal and sat down there and I, I could see the pups. I knew what was going on. I see the old female laying around there and, but there was no dog, no male coyote. And I thought, well, I'll wait around here till he shows up. And I waited for a while and he didn't show. So I finally started doing a little calling and of course the old female run right in and, and, uh, worked the dogs a little bit and I shot her and I thought, well, I'm just going to sit here and keep calling for this male. And so I did every, oh, I'd lay around there for a little bit. And then every 10 or 15 minutes, I'd call a bit. And it was probably an hour or an hour and a half later, that old dog finally showed up and he was a mean, mad son of a gun. And I didn't think much about it. He came in and just worked. My dogs was, was brutal and ornery and mean. And I finally got a chance and I got him shot. And I went down there and his back leg had been broke and like it was gone. The foot part of it was gone. And then there was about six inches of bare bone sticking out, plumb to his hock. And then the hide started and he was going to the sheep and killing and coming back and basically walking on that peg of bone. And it was, it was healed that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, that bone was polished as bright as you could just... He'd been walking on it for probably months. I think that's what I was going to ask you. If you like, have you? What other are, are? Do you have any other? I mean, you. I'm sure you see a lot of shit, a lot of just weird shit. That, oh that, yeah, you see pegs. You know, cows that have been snared by a foot or leg or something, and and their leg will get broke off and be pointed a different direction, <laughs> and they'll be cruising around on three and just doing fine. But that's know? one of the. That's one of them that kind of stands out. Yeah. Geez, that is yep. a nasty one, isn't it? Yeah. And you guys had got one with three legs a couple of years ago. 
tripod. Yeah. I've yeah. seen yeah. yeah, I've seen most of bottom jaws gone. Like I was gonna say you have a skull of a jaw. Yep. 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 Yeah. That was probably my fault. No, Dave gave me that from that's from up in the hill somewhere. He found that. Don't you remember that somebody, one year I blew like three jaws off? Somebody could have. Somebody could have. Uh, why would you even tell anybody that? Headshots. <laughs> but some of those cows survive. Even the yeah, yeah, bottom yeah, jaw yeah. or most of a bottom they do. jaw gone or, you know, yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff. A lot of appendages gone, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I think that one that, that John probably, that John probably shot that was a tripod, his back leg was gone. It's probably a probably a snowmobile or something shot it off or you know we'll see that most most of the time there's not a whole lot of trappers around here yeah it's a lot of times with them guys shooting the 22 250s I think. <laughs> the, hey the <laughs> i was gonna ask you about that too because you said you're not especially an AR, they don't know how to shoot them <laughs> you're not an ar and you're not a 223 fan what what kind of fan are you yeah exactly that's what we're gonna ask him uh, what, what do you got tell us what tell us what your preferences are right now because you're using using it to kill shit yeah any any of the any of the six millimeters and several of the 22s the 22 is great i just but your 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 weapon of choice right now what are you running a six creed and it's the what who, the manufacturer uh it's a proof and it's actually a factory gun i've had chad build me two or three and i got a chance to get this proof and i thought i'd try it and it it's a nice rifle and it shoots well that's it, the uh Zermatt makes that action, right? That's what I. Th I'm like that looks like a Bighorn Arms action. I'm 90% positive it is. I think it's a or I think it's an Origin action. Yeah, and it, it just instead of saying Zermatt or Bighorn, it says Proof on yeah. the side. Mm -hmm. Yep, and it's got the Proof barrel, and the, I think Proof might make the stock actually too. But yeah, I think they do. But it's got it's it's a nice it's a nice system, and then you're running the Night Force NX8. Yep. That's a wicked. That's a. You let me look through that. I've never looked through one of those. We're using the Mark Fives, which is a. It's a really similar scope, size wise, and your. What's the magnification on that? Do you remember on Two yours? Two and a half to twenty. So ours is three point six to eighteen. So there, yeah. and it's about the same size. So you've got a little bit more juice to work with. Yeah. Good glass, and then you're running one of our suppressors, the six millimeter Vapor. Yeah. Uh, and then that tripod or that bipod. Sorry, that you're yeah. running. That's a. That's a. That's a hammer. And and let's uh. While we're talking about your setup, um, I was asking you, and we're walking, and I recorded it while we're we're walking back from that first set that we made he's, in the afternoon. He's sneaky that way. <laughs> yeah. You gotta watch him. He's always yeah. turning that thing on. Yeah. I <laughs> I wish I would have had you mic'd up because I would have just let it run. It was the when you were telling me about your bullets, oh, and you were the, telling me about the story. You're talking to this guy on the phone. Why don't you tell that story real quick? Oh, years years ago, um, we were talking about you asked me if I run Molly and I said I did and you kind of quizzed me as to why and and I've heard a lot of before you keep yeah explain to guys super quick what what the concept of that is well Molly's just a it's molybdenum salt disulfide or whatever they call it. it's a bullet coating it was it was real popular about 20 years ago and it's not now you know guys have got away from it but uh way back when I was always looking for the better coyote bullet and <clears throat> there was a magazine that was made in south dakota we were talking about it the old varmint hunter and there was an ad in there in the back for these custom bullets this guy had made a lot of target bullets for years and he had switched and was coming out with a varmint bullet and i happened to call there one time to find out what they had i was shooting a 243 at the time i think and looking for something newer and better and however it went and uh, anyway i talked to this secretary for a minute i said i'm curious about these bullets oh hang on a second she said i'll put you on with the guy 
And the guy got on the phone, and we visited for a long time. And he said, I'm going to send you a box of these bullets. Try them. He said, you'll love them. You'll, you know, but I want some feedback and some reports. And he said, they're, they're mollied. And whatever you do from now on, he said, try, try this molly. And went through a whole process of, you know, how to, how to do it, why he did it, and everything else. And it turned out it was Walt Berger from Berger Bullets before they sold out. And I never met the man, but we visited all the time on the phone. And what a great guy. And when he, you know, later on when I wanted to continue with the Molly and do it, you know, he went through the whole process of how to run Molly or how he, his theory of how to run it and uh, how to clean your barrel when you are running it and everything else. And I've just stuck with it forever. So you learned from one of the, the OGs in the bullet manufacturer industry pretty much. And got yeah, his and that was before I, there was no burgers on the shelf. This yeah. was, he was selling a mail order. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. And you, you basically got taught firsthand how to run Molly projectiles from the guy that started burger bullets. And, and he was huge on it. And so I've just stuck with it. I've had some guys, Oh, you can't run that or you shouldn't run that or that stuff's no good, but I've just stayed with it. You're like, well, for me. Yeah, exactly. You handload all your own stuff just like us. Yep. And you're running, what's your, your projectiles of choice then? What are you shooting right now? I had been shooting 87 grain burgers for the hunting version of a six millimeter for quite a while. and To kill coyotes. <clears throat> to kill coyotes. And, and there was a time during this COVID stuff, I couldn't find any. And I went and bought some 87 grain V-Maxes, um, the Hornady ones. And I'm highly impressed with that bullet. I've shot several hundred of them now, or several hundred coyotes with them. And I just... That is a that is a hammer. Just a throttle. Do do what uh, do and you molly coat all those still. Yep. Yep. You molly coat them yourself. Shit. Yep. Yeah. He just you just throw them in a tumbler. Yep. Yep. Smoke them the out. Process. Some steel BBs and yep. yep. So how did he tell you? Just out of curiosity, while we're talking about it, when when you clean your gun, when you're running molly coated bullets, because I did a lot of reading up on it earlier too, and I I never ran them. I don't I don't yep. so I can't say I don't know. When you clean it, you don't use a brush. No, his, his, what he told me back in the day and, and like I said, I've stuck to it, but he would run a solvent, you know, a patch with some solvent on it, three or four solvent patches, four or five dry patches, and then start with croil, four or five wet patches of croil, and then patch or dry and go right on. He said, don't worry about whether or not your patches are clean. And he said, never, ever run a brush down one. Yep. That's cool. That's see. That's just shit. That uh, you, I mean, there's so many variations. There's no one right way to do it. No, I mean, and I've like I said, I've I've had guns that old two forty three. I know I probably got four or five thousand super hot rounds down that, barrel and it still before, shoot before it went. Holy yeah, shit. that's a lot. None of them fast though. No, no, I mean, I mean, you're shooting once and then you might shoot again a half hour later exactly. or a yeah, day I'm later. Yeah, I'm not a prairie dog shooter. Oh, yeah, you're so, not shooting strings. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. But still, though, still. You're trying to say you don't miss? Oh, I, <laughs> I'll I say that. Occasionally, yes, but. Yeah, the, when yeah, you. And it's kind of like, I'm sure you guys are the same, but I had an old guy tell me one time, I don't even remember who it was now, but he said, when you get a coyote rifle that shoots good, you treat it like a sore thumb. Yeah. You baby yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. You don't go shoot prairie dogs. No that. shit. That's no, right. no, man. It's like right there, <laughs> and you don't 
shouldn't be having it hanging with yeah. the barrel supported. That one's so good it never gets shot anymore. But uh, <laughs> no, that's that's way that's way cool. Yeah, that's, we shot the barrel out of it, put a new barrel on it, and now it doesn't get shot. Yeah, <laughs> but and but I we yeah the the uh, how fast were you shooting? Have would you say you were shooting your two forty three when you got you know three thousand four thousand rounds? I was there? running the seventy grain burgers or did well. Let me rephrase that. I started. I think the first bullets he sent me were like 65s, and that's what he, they called them an MEF, which he said stood for maximum expansion factor. And it was just a, that's, I never see it was just a, it was an addition to their um, target bullets. They made the, they made the end of them bigger and we're trying to make them blow up. And anyway, after, after they sold out and I don't know who bought burger the first time and they became commercial and, you know, you start seeing burger bullets in the stores, but, Burger went through a phase there where they would, we went, we, they quit making the 65. So we went to the 68s. They quit making the 68s. So we went to the 69s. And then we went to the 70s. But I think originally when I started with those 65s, I was running them somewhere around 3,700. Yeah. So yeah. you weren't, it wasn't like, it, it was wasn't all slow. You, all you I, could I get. bet all of that was them trying to get a little better ballistic coefficient. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Just there for a while, they about drove me insane because they, I would find a bullet I liked and they would quit yep, making it. That's what sucks. So are you, uh, what, what was your barrel length on that? 22, 20? Oh, no, we run, you know, this is old school, 26s. Yep. yep. You were going hard, max point blank as, range. Yep. Hard as you could run them. Yep. And yeah. that barrel life extending barrel life is one of Molly's claim to fame, right? Yep. Yeah. That was some of the original stuff. And then stopping some copper fouling and I don't, you know, and I don't know for, I'm, I don't have a bore scope. I've never had one. I just know my guns last a long time. And yeah, I think it's supposed to increase your velocity a little bit too. I've heard that also. Make them slipperier. It, it decreases it at first because you're, you're losing some pressure because, okay. Because they're slippery. So if you run the same load, you run 40 grains of powder with Molly and 40 grains without, um, the the molly load will be slower because there's not as much pressure because yep. it's yep yep then you it's can up, push easier then you up your powder charge to overcome that so typically with a molly deal you could always run you know I don't know the percentage but say you could run probably three to five percent more powder in a behind a molly bullet than you could a unmollied I got you that makes sense I didn't that's something I'd never to, heard either yeah, that's come yeah. back. To Makes come sense. back to the same velocity yep. and and maintain the pressure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure that's, is what creates speed, of course. That's interesting. So when you go and you're you're doing your thing with your rifle now with your setup, are you more? Are, are I mean, are you still? When you shot that first coyote, it freaking was a laser. It went that coyote. It shocked that coyote, and it on on the impact sounded so hard and so loud because of course you're running a a wicked can the vapor, but you're you, you are you still looking at running a max point blank range or are you more in the mindset of all right for most of these coyotes i have a good range finder i range them i have enough time to make the proper adjustments and i can either hold or dial and shoot or how what's your setup like now well, i've went through the whole process i'm sure you guys have too you know you start with the regular crosshairs the the next thing that i had was i ran a Burris, when they've came, they came, Burris came out with the very first, what would you call it, a ballistic a BDC. Plex. Yep, yeah, ballistic plex. The very first one I ever seen was a Burris, and it was a big, awkward, cumbersome scope. But they were tough, and that BDC thing, you, it wasn't exact, but you figured out that, and and it wasn't a, 
it wasn't a first focal plane. So you figure out you have to run it on the same power all the time. Yeah. And then you figure out where each line hits. And it may not be exactly at 300, but it's at 320. or Anyway, you figure it all out, and you go through that system. And then better range finders. And then you start dialing. And, you know, everything is a process. It's changed so much in the last 20 years that now I'm running a good range finder that gives me all my dope. And T- tell them what that is. The the new Sig 10K. Yeah, that's a bad. I'm gonna get. Did you one bring of those. it with you? No. Good thing you didn't bring <laughs> it. It might have got for might have got lost here. Oh uh, shit! Boating accident. I was gonna say that too. <laughs> so you know, you go. Everything's a process, and everything changes, and you have to change to keep you know improving your right, game as right. it were or whatever. And you told me how you have it on yours. You've got all your ballistics integrated into your kilos. You range, and you've been pretty much happy with how that's running. It was spot on from i i you put an app in your phone i did which is hard to believe i can say that but anyway i run <laughs> you're doing pretty good man yeah, i got the app in my phone and did everything run my run all my velocities and everything in there and that kilo it it accounts for your you know your altitude density which is not the actual altitude you're at it's it has all to do with the um everything else that's going on humidity and heat and blah blah anyway I uh, I run everything in there that they told me to. Went to my bench, which is right out my back door, and bang steel from two hundred to seven hundred dead nuts. Right on. So you're are you utilizing hold with your night force, or are you dialing? Well, I originally had a dial in that in that night force that was a yardage dial. Yeah, and was running that with the uh, oh. Um, drawing a blank now the other binoculars i was running um like us they're the like hdbs yeah, the, HDBs yep. and, and was running the they would give me the corrected yardage i would dial i had the the yardages on my dial you just so <clears> you you range at 600 and you would dial to the six exactly and now with this system with the sig i'm going to go back to it just tells you how many minutes yep. i'm still running minutes not not uh, mills, mills. Yep. and uh, that way I can just go to four minutes or whatever it tells me. And, and that's what you don't do. need the yardage. You know? Yeah, that's, that's simple. I'm, I'm not a Mills or MOA guy. I like whatever we're, we, you know, it's just, it's, it's what your preference is. I don't think there's much difference as long as you match your shit up. I've always ran, I don't have anything against the mill system. I've just always ran the MOA. It's what I know. Yep. It's what I started with yep. and I've kind of figured it out in my pea brain. So it, that's how Sticks it works with me. Yep. That's what works for you. You're doing good at it. So, so. how far out will you shoot a coyote or shoot at a coyote before you? Well, I'll tell you the same the thing. Distance. I was talking to an old sheep herder one time and he said, how far away will you shoot at a coyote? And I said, well, typically I don't shoot at coyotes. Yeah. That's fucking, <laughs> what? did he catch on to that right away or not? Oh yeah. He oh, caught on. Yeah. And, and he says, he said, I got my old M1 Garand I keep in the sheep. He said, I'll oh, shoot at shit. a coyote at a mile. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not what I'm trying to <laughs> You're do. You're shooting at him, right? Yeah. You only shoot at him once. So, anyway, I go back to percentages. And yeah. uh, for me personally, with the equipment I have, the wind I deal with and everything else, anything under, I would say like 400 yards, I'm still at 90%. I probably get to shoot nine out of 10 coyotes. Yep. I can live with that. Yep. At 500 yards, it drops to 80, probably 8 out of 10, 80%. Yep. Uh, you're getting a little sketchy. And past 500, I can't do it. Right. I mean, right. yeah, I, I could probably hit 50 or 60%, but that's, in my world, that's not good right. enough. 
right. you can make the situation better instead of shooting at them that far. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And there again, that goes back to I'm not afraid to move. Yeah, same with us. I went to a lot of coyotes that were out there barking yep. at five or six hundred and and cut it by two hundred, and then I know I can kill them. Yeah, three hundred, and they're gonna die. Even a, I mean, a two hundred fifty yard shot. If you're looking at it, it's it's not. It's a poke. It's not a give me shot. And the, you have the same exact once again concept as us, and only the reason you know we're it it all goes back and boils down to your percentages. If we can get from 400 to 300, the percentages go up quite a bit. Like you said, it goes from from a 90% to a 99%. And when we're trying to film, the whole concept is the visual aspect. And at 400 yards, it, it, it by the time I zoom out, it looks like an 800-yard shot. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's not that interesting. I mean, it's cool to sh- say you shoot them out there at 800 or 900 or 1,000, but you I mean, you can't see. Yeah, that's not the whole point. Yeah. I mean, there's a gun range across the road from my house. And I used to go over there once in a while, and I finally quit going, but just because of the clientele or whatever. But I walked in there one day, and this guy's like, I just, I just, they got a target range out to 2,500 or something. He said, I just, I just rang the gong at 1780 or whatever, a mile. Yeah. So I just rang the gong at a mile. I said, first shot. (laughs) <laughs> well no i said well yeah i can walk one in there if yeah. you give me all day yeah. enough bullets yeah, exactly <laughs> that's right except for john shot 2210 in three rounds <laughs> times 10 yeah better than yeah <laughs> and then he told the, the desert tech guy that and he's like oh that's cool <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> it's, that's, like, yeah whatever i get those videos all the time <laughs> that's what he said too. my target was still smaller it wasn't though. as cool as everybody else thought all right, dude. We won't. We won't. We won't go through to that to that work again. Trying to make a shot on a. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, let's talk about some. Let's go into this. Let's go into some some stuff here. Uh, so you have when when we were out there, you had a pair of coyotes. When I was out there, you still had a, another pair of coyotes, and you got into not only the 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 aspect of of you killing coyotes for a living. But you also record a lot of sounds, or you did. I did, yeah. Not as much anymore. I don't know. Seems like there's a lot of it around now, uh, and good stuff. I'm not. I'm not faulting anybody. Boy, there's some guys recording some cool stuff. But yeah, we started. I don't know in the early 2000s. Um, just had some certain sounds that we wanted, and and uh, by we, I mean me and a couple other trappers, um, Kenny, who you met and stuff, and. We wanted a really good pup sound because that's what, when you were on a den, den deal, we used to do it all with hand calls and you know, you, you can make pretty good pup sounds with a hand call and, but I wanted something different and better and started, uh, trying to get a call company to do something and they wouldn't do it. And so finally, like, it's like, well, maybe we should do it. So started catching some coyotes or pups and messing around trying to get some sounds and we got a couple that were really worked and and about that time was when fox pro kind of took off and started making some better callers and started working with them guys a lot and what do you say in that time frame is around just give guys an idea i'm guessing oh five okay oh three oh five i don't somewhere in there i'm old and i don't remember that far back but it was it was somewhere in there um and yeah, we started 
uh, all the, you know, rec- all the vocals that Fox Pro had for a long time was stuff I recorded. Um, we did a bunch of their elk sounds. Kenny and I went up and spent a week on the mountain trying to get some elk sounds, which we got some good stuff and, and, uh, traded that for a collar for Kenny, like an FX3. Shit. You know, we spent like a week recording elk <laughs> to get one, to get a collar out of Fox Pro. So, and, uh, and we didn't know, we didn't know what yeah. that kind of stuff was yeah. worth. They didn't yeah. know. Yeah. They were just starting too. So shoot, we were all just kind of wandering through life and trying to get some stuff recorded. And, uh, so you guys, at the, when you started filming coyote vocals, essentially, you were also, you were also recording audio from elk. Yeah, in, in we, we did a, some of the original Fox Pro Elk sounds with stuff that, that we and recorded. if you don't care, what were you using to record? We had an old video camera. And that's what you... an external you, mic. That's what yep. you were getting, just like a like shotgun mic. Like a VHS? Mic. Uh, not that old. Okay. Jeez, John. Uh, <laughs> I can remember that yeah. recording with VHS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but in 05, that would have been... You would have been probably a oh, li- liquid crystalline display, a little... little. Uh, I think we, we had a Canon. I can't remember what model it was um, that ran the mini DVs. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the model, and, but I know what you're talking And yeah. it just had a shotgun mic on it, like the yep. kill, and that's what you were... Good, good audio. It was decent. I mean, for the time and stuff, we didn't have anything else. And then... Over the years, you know, I worked with Steve Dillon from Fox Pro, and he started sending me some better recorders and better mics, and we started trying to figure out ways to get better sounds and and put together a lot of stuff. So, what did do you remember some of the audio equipment that you used uh, later on, or not? Not really. Okay, it was um, just significantly better and more of an audio, no video. Exactly. Yeah, there was no there was no uh video to it at all and uh like I say steve's the electronics guy that's what them guys do and know and he would send me something and i would use it um like the first one he sent used those great big i think they called them a cf card yeah remember them? yeah 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 them yep you can't they went past that yep yep, yep. yeah and the, the one i have now i finally bought a a pretty good recorder of my own and some good mics and stuff. And it runs on an SD and yep. I mean, it's just simple, simple compared to what it was. Yeah. And you're getting good audio with that. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. What it's just like your cameras or anything else, you know, what used to cost thousands to get. Now you can buy the same quality or better for way less money. Yeah. The technology is just folding over. Yeah. It's just crazy how this shit's going. Like you said, a CF card, which was supposed to be the fastest card. Now it's an SD card and they have different levels of it. And it's just simple it plugs into anything. Yeah. I don't know nothing about any of them. I know the old original Fox pro. I think the original Fox pro calls run on a CF. Really? Yeah. Huh? That's not, yeah. That's yeah. And they would actually, we figured out, you know, they would actually wear out over time. If you, if you, you can run a Fox Pro that much. Really? Yep. You guys found that out. You can corrupt did, those cards. Did you did you make that noted and tell those guys? Oh yeah. Yeah. They but you know the They're like not most not many people exactly. are gonna do what yeah. you're we doing. We don't care about yeah. the one percent exactly. one percent of one percent. Exactly. They'd put a new card in it and send it back. But they're like, Yeah, nobody else does this. Yeah, I could see that. That's uh and and you got into so you got into the sound deal uh a while ago and you're still kind of doing it and uh i mean how Just for how your own personal pretty much yeah, yeah. you know them guys uh, i don't know without 
without faulting anybody or cutting anybody down, like say there's there's a bunch of new guys recording sounds and they're doing a good job, but um, companies which you guys know, I mean they're gonna go to the newest best thing or the newest best guy or the newest whatever. I've just kind of faded away mm. quietly. Well, when we went out when when we went out there, and then when I went out there the second time, I know you're using some sounds, some some vocals that are crystal clear, good that I haven't heard before. Yeah, I got some stuff of my own, and and I'm like anybody. Shoot, I'll uh, MFK's got some stuff with Fox Pro now. I've got a couple of their sounds. Them guys have done good. Um, Fox Pro's got some other stuff. I don't know where, you know, and and like I say, I've got plenty of my own. So what are you planning on doing? I mean, or do you not want to go there? Are you planning on doing? Because I wouldn't mind buying some of those from you. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna do something here in the near future. Either either start doing like everybody else, selling some sounds, putting together a sound pack, or doing something. Um, just because like the, all the original sounds that we had, I sold, and Fox Pro, Fox Pro treated me fine. Um, we we. Uh, over the years, finally came to an agreement or to an arrangement that, you know, of what sounds were worth what. And and uh, I won't say they mistreated me, but when they bought those sounds, they become Fox Pro sounds. They're no longer mine, and they're not labeled as such or whatever. So now I'm to the point, well, maybe I'll put together something and, and retain ownership and uh, see, see what happens. Market them yourself. Yep. Yeah. I would. And put them in a format where everybody can use them maybe not just fox pro guys or put them as like and save no them as an mp3 is, and yeah. put them on mm -hmm. that that's what i i personally i would i know a lot of guys that follow us would buy that shit right now because i from what i heard how when you go in and locate and the crispness and the the quality of the the howls and the sounds they're they're trust me they're good i would i would i would buy i'd i wouldn't i wouldn't blink an eye and spending a premium for that shit and it's a competitive game now, you know. I mean, when I first started, there was nobody else. Nobody had coyotes. Nobody was recording live coyotes. I had, uh, you can't believe the amount of other call companies that called me and wanted this, that, and the other thing. And I stuck with Fox Pro. I was good to them, and they were good to me. I mean, that, that arrangement was good, but now there's competition. I know uh, Rick Pellett's recording some good stuff. MFK's recording. You know, there's some good stuff out there, but I think I can compete. Oh, yeah. From what I hear and what I've seen, uh, apps, yeah, how how I do very well. I mean, I I personally think that the with what you do and how you do it, you have a scale. You have you have you have quantity here and you have quality here. And a lot of guys that are marketing stuff are are just you know they're they're selling a, a quantity. They're trying to make a lump sum on X amount of sounds, where from what I've seen and heard of what you do and, and been a part of it, it's more of a quality aspect. And that's what we're all about. You know, I mean, I, I would I would pay more for five of your sounds than I would for 20 of theirs. Yeah, well, I look at it. It's, it's like most, you guys probably remember buying a music CD. Yeah. You bought, yeah. It, you bought it for one good song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. And nine <laughs> sorry ones. So nobody ever released a CD with nine good songs on it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yes. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, if I if I was gonna do it, I mean, I want to put some, you know, 
bunch of good songs on one on one track or one one CD or however you want to look at it. An oh, MVP that's playlist. Funny as shit. <laughs> that's good. That's a good way to put it. Oh man. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what? What? So you got you every? It seems like I don't know the fella, but you've got Mark down here. You want to mention, say some stuff about that fella? Or? Oh, I just going through people that have uh, helped me, and uh, I know I sent you some videos the other day of um, going back to when I was completely clueless. One of the guys that I was lucky enough to meet was Mark Zepp and uh, he produced a line of hand calls and, and was making videos at the same, back in the early two thousands. And he was like the first guy that clued me in about like sounds. For example, I was basically giving sounds away or, or close to it. And Mark's like, I don't think you understand what you've done, how it's changed the industry. And he said in no uncertain terms, he said, you know, other people are are buying new houses and and new cars and stuff from the sounds that you're producing that they're putting on their stuff and he said i don't know if you're getting your fair share or not and i was like i don't either i don't know what it's worth <laughs> yeah and yeah so yeah. i mean he was an awesome guy as far as cluing me into the ways of the world when it come to the predator calling stuff and uh the business end of it i guess you'd say or or finding some value in yeah. what you're doing. Yep. Giving you an insight on what your what your shit's worth. Yeah. Well, I've touched base on that with you guys. Um when somebody that knows what's going on is using a product or testing a product or a sound or whatever, you know, there's some value there and it's overlooked still today. I see it with uh, companies that endless um on YouTube or wherever you want to look, the companies that will eliminate the guy that knows what's going on yeah, for a guy that has a bigger Facebook following yes. or something. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, you guys have seen it. I know some of the products you you've helped develop cause I've got some of them because you, you were the guys that told me about them, but yet those same companies have bailed on you guys. Yeah. Left you high and dry to go to somebody else that had, 10 more Instagram followers or whatever yeah. the case is, you know? And so there's so much of that in the industry that I'm clueless, but it, it, guys it, like Mark is, that's who really helped me. And he called, just called me the other day and talked to him for a while. So, um, that part, probably why it popped into my brain, but that guy helped me immensely. That's cool. Here's exactly the deal. Not only, not only, would in that what you are explaining regarding the sounds are you providing a a product of value but i would almost say what's more important than that is you having the repetitive monotonous time in the field over and over and over proving that that shit works yeah it doesn't matter what it is it's you, you take a a rifle scope brand abz whatever i run mostly night force i the new loophole stuff is awesome um i run one of the other scopes um from us optics that you guys recommended yep and you'll have so-and-so get on the internet or wherever i'm not much on the internet anymore but um i use this cheapo whatever and it, i get by just fine well you might but yours isn't a gun safe yeah 
11 months out of the year and and then you go hunt four weekends in a row and and that's great for you mine's in a gun rack in my pickup every day every day up and down a gravel road so i know what holds i know what doesn't i know what stays good i know what doesn't there's got to be some value there i don't know that we're seeing it but you know the guys that use stuff hard you know i don't yeah, yeah that's exactly what and we're we see after. that a lot too tons you don't need that the the, the and, and maybe they don't need it right yeah. but you know throw a rifle or any product throw a, any product you can think of and go use it every day and pound the piss out of it and see what happens and yeah. some of it's going to hold up some of it's not and some stuff you just finally wear out it doesn't matter how good it's made and like we say we're running what we run for a reason and it's i'm sure the same for you oh absolutely yeah and if that cheap stuff works for them then then great I don't but have, but yep. when it costs us that one shot that we that one opportunity then it don't work pretty exactly. sure those were eminem lyrics but i don't know close <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. the 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 whole The whole concept is the the ease the ease of access to information right now. Everybody is uh, expert. Yeah, you know, that, you, you, some of that stuff drives me insane. I I had a I was watching a deal the other day, or actually listening to a podcast. I was trying to figure out how to do a podcast or what to say, and there was a kid on there that he was a self-proclaimed coyote hunter and uh he pretty much said he was an expert and did this that and the other thing and he said but i got into coyote hunting or i got interested in coyote hunting watching youtube videos i'm like dude if you're that young we're not the same yeah you know yep. i mean if that's where you started yeah good for you but it's you know i started way back when just following somebody that knew more than me around begging and asking questions. And I'm sure you guys to a certain extent started at the same point. Yeah. I'm not different even young enough to say that. Yeah, we are. I'm not, I'm not, it's the same thing in a way like you, you know, I learned when I remember, like I've said it early, my, I remember my dad skinning coyotes, it making greens, hundred dollar pop pop. Yep. And that's just how shit was. There was no, Old VHS cameras were the only thing that was around. There was nothing like there is now. But but what I want to do is, like I said, my goal in this isn't to, uh, granted, I'd love to get rich doing it, but there's so much misinformation out there, and not only misinformation, but you have so many, I don't know if you call it self-proclaimed experts, but just just experts because the internet taught them so, not because of their own failures from experiences and to me having skin in the game being one of those guys that that, that taught themselves failure obviously means so much more than than what you're seeing online over and over and over guys just going well how do you do this what do you i mean we've invested so much money and time into gear and equipment there's no way that we will ever get everything that i want functional through you know in the next 10 years ran through the ringer to give guys an educated opinion based on experience with that product because you know there's so much new shit coming out all the time but regarding what we're talking about here hunting coyotes you know learning from 
your time in the field from the very beginning, learning from guys like just like you said, a a, a pilot that's been flying for thirty years. Well, the shit that you can yeah, learn from that, them. That's where I want to give some credit. Is I don't want to be the guy that says, "Yeah, I did it all myself," because I didn't, man. I I learned everywhere I could learn. I was lucky that I was around the people that actually knew, and not somebody that just said they knew. And uh, so, I mean, I give credit to all the all the guys I've learned from. You know, good, good, bad, or indifferent. But yeah, I didn't. I'm not self-made. I've learned a lot on my own. We all do, but, but man, I, I also remember the guys that showed me a trick here or there or whatever. And boy, some of them were good tricks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the and, same and thing that we always say. We, we never stop learning. As soon as you think you know everything, you're, you're screwed, you know? Yeah. Just like I mean, you said at the beginning, what the fella say, there's two things that you can always say when it comes to killing coyotes. And never say. Yeah. Can't say always. And you can't say never. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, what what like I said, what I would like to do is just the the way that everything's going is so crazy regarding the the internet. You know, earlier on, and we we let's just talk about some of this. So earlier on, I've I've probably been a member. I, you're probably on Sniper's Hide occasionally, yeah. And then Predator Masters. Those are my two forums that I'm on all the time. I I rarely ever am on Facebook. Yeah. But that's the trend. That's the way things are. You're prime. Facebook is for us old people. Are, do you get on Facebook a lot? <laughs> do you really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. See, there most of the people that are my age and yeah. younger are on there like all the time too. It's just yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's a few there's a few groups like uh Ultimate Night Visions group and all kinds of stuff like that. that yeah, I'm on. and I'm I'm not on Facebook for the coyote hunting deal. I rarely put anything about a coyote hunter, but it's friends and family. Yeah, yeah easy. Yeah. And that's where what I'm saying is. So you have a couple big forums that are probably the biggest online regarding hunting and shooting, like like Predator Masters, Sniper's Hide, Long Range Hunting. Uh, you've have you heard of that Long Range Hunting forum? Yep. Yep. And I'm members on all those. But you you would have early on. And not when I see her like 10, 15 years ago on, on Predator Masters. And I'm, I'm, it, it is what it is. When I was, when I started getting on there, there, there was, there still is information, but how much of the information is Googled and then just regurgitated, reposted. Earlier on, there was, I would say, quote unquote, legit guys, respectfully, that knew what was going on. They knew how, how to do it. And unfortunately, some of the, the moderators didn't like how it was said or typed on there because, you know, they, they thought it was too, I mean, too soft skinned or too, too rough, too. Going to hurt too uh, many feelings. Exactly. Yeah, feelings that. got to be a problem. Yeah. And that's. Instead that's, of it. Yeah. That's what happened with them places. I can't remember the name of the guy that originally started Predator Masters, but he was a coyote hunter and knew something about it. And then it, I don't know, it changed hands two or three times, I think, and eventually ended up in the, what I, I don't know, I guess it's still there, but I would say it ended up in the wrong hands. And uh, basically you were dealing with a bunch of moderators, the majority of them that were low success, low numbers guys, and the majority of the population in general is low success, low numbers guys. And that jived and that made for a lot of people in one spot but the guys that really did know something they kind of started weeding them out pretty fast 
that's what happened too. Mm-hmm. Like less, I don't remember what happened on him, but he, somebody, there was a bunch of people just bitching or ranting and raving on some post and he just says up and left and said, screw this shit. Yeah. There, there was so much went on there. It's like Les and I've talked about a lot of different stuff over the years, but one of his videos, videos or TV shows, or something, I think it was a video that he produced, um, you know, they killed 20, 30 coyotes and, and somebody says, well, why don't you ever show your misses? And Les said there wasn't any. And I mean, just people just scream and fall over backwards. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, you're lying and you can't, you know, nobody can do that. And you just, you just don't want to show them and whatever. Well, a guy like Les isn't going to take much of that. Yeah. You know, yep. he's just like, I don't need on it. On to better things. And that's what sucks because there's, I'm, I would, I mean, there's, there's a point where if you're really good at something, you, you're confident about your work no matter what it is you do. And some guys have a little bit of arrogance to go, which I don't care if you're that good. I fucking, I don't care. You can be, maybe I might not like any bit of arrogance, but I'm not going to tell you that you're, you, you can't do that. And regardless, if, if you, I mean, I've heard some stories on there where, you know, the guys kind of said a similar thing where he said this and, and guys got, pretty much butthurt because he he was saying how good he was if you're that good man you're that good you can get butthurt all you want if you're going to tell people you're that good that the thing is is there needs to be guys like that on forums like this because here's what happens now now with the trend with the social media thing with facebook with youtube with instagram primarily facebook i would say a lot of the people that were on predator masters or, or some of those good old forums for a awesome source of information have gravitated towards Facebook. And now you have hundreds of different Facebook pages started. Like you have, you have a 22250 page on Facebook. You have a predator hunting page on Facebook. You have so many different pages that people move away from a good forum off to Facebook and it's slowly killing the forums. Well, it's, it's breaking our numbers. It's demolishing our numbers as far as predators hunting or predator hunters banding together and you're seeing the results of it is because everything's getting so fractured that now contest hunting's going away they're getting it banned in a lot of states stuff like that i'm not a contest hunter anymore but there needs to be some places where we still band together somehow regardless of our differences yep um this stuff's going to go away or a lot of it's going to go away if if we don't, if we don't stick together and that's hunting in general, but yeah, everything because of, I don't know if it's because of the youth of today or what it is. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that that's the reason, but yeah, people in cases, some cases anyway, they need to learn to suck it up and, Mm -hmm. and go on. And, and just because you can't do something doesn't mean somebody else can't. And it's, I, I would be the first to say I'm, I'm not, as good a contest hunter as Les was. He was the master and he figured it out. And, and, uh, you know, if he says, I, you know, if Les says, well, I won this, this many times and I did this and I won all three of the big hunts in one year and whatever he did. Yeah. And I couldn't do it, but I'm not butthurt over it. Yep. I'm not going to tell him he's a dork. I'm not going to fault because him because you can't. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. That's a, that's the whole problem that we have is the guys that are online. Well, I can't I, I can't do that, so I'm not gonna like it. For some yeah. reason, well, someone else's success takes away from their own. Yeah, yeah, or they or they blame it on where they live or yeah. or whatever. You know, well, excuse you, you couldn't do that where I live. Well, I don't know if I could or not, but there's a better chance of me doing it than than you. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, is if they would just, you know, eat their own words and just bite their tongue and just go, Hey man, I'm not here to, I'm not here to compete with you and say, you can't do that where I live, but I could do that where you live. I'm here to give you insight. I'm here to help you out. Maybe you should listen and you might be able to do that where you live. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know, we're in a world of excuses and it's, it'd be like, Somebody saying, well, if I lived where James O'Neill lived, I could kill as many cows as him. Well, Maybe. I doubt it, but yeah. and, and that, that's, but you might be able to learn to if you would shut up and yeah, and, and just learn. Yeah, listen. And exactly. And that's what we're trying to do. I mean, you have even like our kill boxes, we've said. How many guys, when you, when you set up a kill box like, like we do, and I'm not beating my own drum. I'm just saying, in order to set up a kill box, first of all, in order to do it how we do it, you have to have a rancher that's going to allow you the use, and he's going to have to have twelve to sixteen hundred pound round bales. That's how we do it. You have to have a loader to set it up and structure it. You're going to have to have some kind of a bait pile set up, and then in order to do it right, you're going to have to invest some money in a thermal. You're looking at a lot of dollars, and most people can't do that. You can fabricate something similar though, and listen to our concept and a hundred percent increase your numbers from last year to this year if you listen to how we do it but um you know there's just so many guys that are exactly saying that well I, you can't do that here to an extent you can structure something that will well and it it doesn't matter you you seek out the people that know and that's just if i want to learn about thermal which i'm i'm trying to learn a little bit about thermal i'm going to talk to o'neill ops and, and if I want to learn how to set up a kill box and do all that, I'm going to talk to O'Neill Ops. If I want to learn how to contest hunt, I'm going to call Les. And if I want to learn how to build a rifle, I'm going to call Chad. Yep, yep. exactly. Know. Exactly. I'm the first one to say, I don't know how to do that stuff. Yep. Right. Yep. If I want to know something about a suppressor, I'm going to call O'Neill Ops. Yep. And I have. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly the, what, we, what, we're, what our, whole, our whole concept is. That's what we're trying to do is, is the sh little things or big things that we don't know. Same thing. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, when I say build a rifle, I mean, I get the components of that rifle, the build list that I want. I, I design it how I want. And then I have Chad chuck it up, chamber it and, and, and do the work. I can't do that. I don't know how to, do, but he's taught us how mm. we, we, you know, I'm not going to go get the equipment and try to learn it. I just, just I just don't have the interest in it. If we want to learn new techniques, if we want to fine tune our skills, if we want to learn new shit on 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 calling, that's that's the primary reason why we sought you out and and you know came went out there six years ago, and even you know even this year was to learn new stuff. Where you know I, every time we go out, we learn new stuff. There's a lot of different things that that we learn. Like I said, we're we're students of the game, and we will be personally till I I think till the very end. And it's it's awesome to have uh, guys like you with the skill set and the mindset that that's similar to ours. I mean, it's not the skill set, but the mindset similar to ours, so that we can improve our skill set from your information. 
Yeah, your skill set's pretty good, but there are it's different though compared yeah. to what you do. But I mean, you're you're same, you're same. ask one of us to set a trap, and we might yeah. fucking catch ourselves. I might too. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, you seek. I don't know if you want to improve at something, anything in life, and I don't care. It doesn't have to do with coyote hunting. You know, you seek out people that are better than you. Exactly, hundred percent. Is which yes. is yep, hundred yes. percent. And try to learn things, and that's I don't know. It's hard at times, but my whole life, man, if I want to know something about investing money, I'm going to seek out somebody that I think is good at it or, sure. or hunting coyotes or anything it is. And that's, that's just life in general. And if you, if your pride won't let you do that, you're going to fail miserably. Yep. And you'll just be upset the whole time throughout the whole experience. Yep. Yeah. And it'll be, yeah. Well, he just, he just got better breaks than me or he was, yep. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, he, he lives in a better place, or he has yeah. more coyotes than I do, or, you know, you can come up with an excuse for everything if you want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that the other day. I was just riding on my bike, and I'm like, you know, I watched this documentary, so I'm not going to coin the idea. And this guy was was like, he was one of the Red Bull dudes. You know, he's one of the guys that that's a high-strung, high-adrenaline, adrenaline junkie that would, would either you know, free dive or, or, or free fall or, or, you know, cliffhanger-style guy without a rope. And he's like, here's, here's the way that I look at it. You have two jars here and both of them are half full of marbles. And in the life that I live and what I enjoy doing every single day that, that I, I go do a jump or I go do a, a, you know, climb a cliff or whatever. I take a marble out of that luck and I put it into the skill. So I'm, I'm getting better at my skill set every time I go out and you can relate that to us. Mm -hmm. It's what we do. You know, every time you go out, you, 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 you might mess up and you might go, all right, I'm not going to do that again. You're taking a marble from luck and you're putting in, into the skill set. And, but if you can find somebody to hand you a whole handful of those marbles at once, it goes faster and better. Exactly. And that's what's happening nowadays. Everybody's like, Oh, I can just Google it and find a handset. But eventually Eventually, that last day, there's that last marble in the luck, and it goes into the skill set, and your luck's gone, and that dude's toast. You know, he yeah, said, eventually, I, I lost all my marbles a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's that's what we're that's what we're we're doing. You know, eventually, you build up a skill set to the point where you're 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 really good, and if your luck's gone, I mean you. you I'd rather have luck than skill any day. You, like you said, like you were talking earlier, if you have, if you don't have coyotes in this area, if you walk in, if you locate some coyotes at two in the morning and you're assuming that they're going to be there the next day, that the next, that first morning set, and you go in there and for some reason, for some reason, those coyotes went five miles further west or two miles further north into the wind and they can't hear you. That's just bad luck. Mm -hmm. That's just bad luck and your shit ain't going to pan out. But we're here to fill that freaking void up with skills and try to help guys out. That's what we're doing. That's what. That's why we kind. Of, that's honestly why we sought you out to uh, acquire more skills, more understanding of the game, and uh, and 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 expose it all. You know, you've been real fortunate, or we've been real fortunate that you have allowed us to come out there and and hunt with you, learned techniques. I, I first time when I went out there for the last last time I went out there, I bet I had. I bet I had, I don't know, five or six guys message me on Instagram mess on Instagram story or messenger and say, Hey, uh, um, does he do anything different? Does he do anything? You know, like, what is, what does he do different? I'm like, uh -huh. he does a shitload of stuff different. Uh -huh. 
you know, and we're going to do a podcast with him and some of the stuff he might say that he does different, but a lot of the stuff he might not. I know one thing I told him, you use sounds that nobody else has. That's, that's, well, that's a freaking big different deal. It is, but it goes, still goes back to, you know, what, one of the things I've said for years when somebody asks me about calling where you set your, where you park your ass is 90% of it. I don't care what kind of call you use or what sounds you use. If you're sitting in the wrong spot, it doesn't matter what you got because you're going to get dicked. They will make, they will pull your pants down and make fun of you. Yeah. Coyotes will. Yeah. We yeah. had it happen plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, I don't know. There again, back to opinions, but that's one of mine is that, you know, if, if, if you don't have that part of your game down, nothing else matters. There's no magic sound. Some sounds are better than others, but if your butt's not in the right spot, it don't matter. Yep. Yeah, there's, that's right. The, that's why I always sit by the camera guy. He tells me when to shoot. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing too. I'll, you know, it's just, yeah, there, there's a, there's a, a, a lot of people don't, even just the filming thing, you know, going out there with you guys. The last thing that I know that you're doing it for your, for your, you're doing it for a job. I'm going out there to film your job. I'm not going to dick it up. So don't wait on me to get my shit set up. You go. My main thing is just being close enough that I can hear you say you want him. And I can say, yes, and it worked out good for the amount of time that I was out there. I mean, I both stands. Yeah. Both stands. <laughs> exactly. And the whole hour of sleep, pretty I good, was out. Pretty good average. That's really good. Yeah, it was cool, man. Like I said, we appreciate that. We, we need to just, what needs to happen is we need to come out there and just, we need to come out there again this, this fall if you'd have us. Maybe all three of us just pack up and go and just be discreet, run a couple cameras, let, you know, get, get some more, some more. The, 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 another thing that's cool that I like to do is out in your country, and you can see it on the intro, you have the, the visual aspect. Yeah. You have the wide open area where you can just see for miles. And to me, the cinematography of that, you know, capturing that animal and that kind of terrain and then putting it in a, in a, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's freaking what it's all about. It's just cool because 90% of people that follow us don't even see that. Yeah. You know, they just don't know. Yeah. Well, you're talking about things me and Keith don't understand again. <laughs> what? Do you say? what? Cinema, what? Cinema talk, well, yeah, it goes with what the Instagram that? thing. Cinema it goes with Cinema pretty toast. pictures. <laughs> Cinema toast. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, Keith, just let me pull the trigger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm the one that's sitting here going to dick the whole thing up. <laughs> nope, nope, wait. Wait, wait. wait, we can get better. We can get pupils He'll this come time. Closer. Yeah. yeah. You're a fucker. He'll come closer. Snap. So is there I, that we're at two? I, I see that's how it goes. I mean, it feels like we sat down five minutes ago and we just went through a lot of stuff. Two hours and ten minutes. That's this. That's exactly what we're after. Um, yeah, that's. I, I'm guessing we're we've covered a lot, and is, I don't. Nobody wants to listen to me for two hours. Like, oh, they will. Oh, that. people will love the hell out of it. They the people that follow us. That that's that's another thing that I've um, I I really enjoy is we've we've we. Uh, the, f the people that, f that follow us are more inclined to listen to stuff like this because they're genuinely interested in the work that we do. And you're, you're in the same alley, same damn street, man. Same thing. Uh, is there, is there anything that you would, is there anything else that you think we'd, you, you would, you would prefer or like to touch base on? 
before we kind of do anything there anything i don't even care i mean what i what we need to do is put a before we go an instagram plug maybe we should uh have a little bit of an icebreaker on possibly like we said the what you might have coming what you think you're gonna have coming regarding the, the sounds and stuff well like i say it's it's in the planning stage or however you want to i've got a lot of stuff stashed away but it's uh i mean we're a long ways away from that editing and and figuring out what's what i mean i've got some stuff that i've used that's really good and i i'm at the point you know yeah i think it's time to to branch out and make a little money and do some stuff and i don't want to make it at the expense of you know screwing somebody over if i do anything i want it to be good stuff and uh so we're not quite there yet, but I think it's coming. You think that's safe to say that you're going to go through, kind of edit the sounds that you have regarding, just clean them up, maybe shorten them up. Yeah, and find and and find the stuff that that really does work. Like I say, I don't want to release that that ten songs that you know yeah. you're only buying the one yep. single on it, the whole and, package. Uh, so yeah, there's there's some stuff there, but it's so much easier now you know, than it was 10, 15 years ago marketing, you know, it's like how many people are watching this or hearing this or gonna hear it and uh, maybe would push them sounds where yes. 15, 20 years ago, what would you do? Run an ad in the back yeah, of outdoor light? Exactly. Hope somebody's seen yeah, it. That's what you, you would know? do. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just yeah, so much the, the so world fast. has changed to where this stuff could work and, and a lot easier than it used to be. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say that you have um, numbers wise for, for specific sounds that are, that are, are, are Cal Taylor worthy. Oh, I don't, I, a lot, but you know, <laughs> it would be pretty easy to come up with five or 10 that would, that would, would produce tomorrow for, do you need us to try most out, everybody try, try them out for you? And you guys will get them first. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought he was going to go, no, I've already done no, that. No, they're good. I know. <laughs> they're good. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm jacked for that. Like I said, boy, I'm I'm not, I'm, I would love to help you expose that and I'll be all about it from seeing and, and, and hunting with you and knowing what you've got. Well, well, not knowing, but, but hearing some of the things that you've got in your arsenal, that's a, that's a whole nother. Well, it's all rabbits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, well, that's exactly that's right. That's, that, that's it. <laughs> that Just, works for us then. It's so perfect. it's going to be labeled rabbit one, rabbit two, rabbit three, and the whole DVD is going to have rabbit. 10 of them. CT rabbit two. <laughs> <laughs> That is so damn funny. That is good. Oh my gosh, that's good. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm jacked to do that. So. And then, what's your Instagram? Yeah. Tell us what your Instagram handle you just start is. That? I just started it. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know. I I'm not sure how to get on there. John yet. will. John will get on there. I Snake up Cal's Cal Cal, Cal Coyotes. Cal, sure. Cal Taylor Coyotes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I tried like four different things, and that name's taken. That name's taken. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Cal Taylor Coyotes, all one word, all lowercase. No, no, no underlines. Spaces, no underscores. Cal, Cal Taylor Coyotes. See, Perfect. No, nobody told me you could do that, or you could have spaces. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if you can have spaces. You can have underlines and yeah, shit like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one, though. That's an easy one. Cal Taylor Coyotes. That's way better yeah. than having. Like mine's all lower space O'Neill Ops. Well, that's it. I tried O'Neill Ops Pro Staff, and it wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Said that day was taken. <laughs> Some dumbass already has that one. Huh? That's so good. That's so funny. Yeah. And then as soon as you get your, you website remember I told a guy that one time. What's what's that? You remember that story? I had a guy call and 
wanted to do some filming and stuff, and I said, I can't. I'm on O'Neill Ops Pro stuff. I, 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 <laughs> Ooh, did you, I, how long ago was that? Holy shit. Five or six years. Oh, gosh. I, I called th- you and told you about I think it. You, I do think I remember a little bit. That is hilarious. Um, uh, did you put that on your Instagram deal, you pro staff? I, I haven't yet, no. <laughs> you need to. Um, on, his, on his bio? Yeah. Real quick, we never talked about this, though. You do. You you don't only do contract killing for coyotes. You do a legitimate uh, uh, guided services for big game hunting too. Yeah, yeah, we have for years. Um, Why don't you go into that? Might as well put a plug in. The guys that are listening, you never know who will pop up. Yeah, it's it, our deal is pretty simple. We've pared it down to where we do archery antelope, and that's all we do. Okay. We do about a month of that in the fall, and I've got a really good ranch we've had for twenty years, and specialize in that deal. Got away from everything else, and. There again, if you specialize in something, you get really good at it. So our success rates have been through the roof, and we've just stuck with our little program, and Shit it works yeah. for us. And we didn't really want to get – we got bigger for a while, and pretty soon you're just paying a lot of people. Yeah, You're not yeah. really making any more. You're just paying more people. And Do you get any guys that just absolutely could not hit anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to – yeah. Not going to go there? Yeah, well, we could, but yeah. <laughs> I would no. think archery with that – that would be more of those guys are a little bit more practiced and stuff than ninety percent of them are really good and ten percent are like pulled well. their bow out yesterday and and yeah you, you never know and we've got to where we can set things up figure people out I'm sure it's like you guys with your elk and you figure guys out really fast yeah and know where to put them and and you know who's gonna wait and shoot a big one and who's gonna yeah. hit what they're shooting at and um fort i got a guy that guides for me has for 10 or 12 years now and we got our game down and we know who's gonna win something and we go get them and our country's open like you said we we never hardly ever lose one if they get one hit we we usually find them it's maybe one antelope in 10 years that we've lost Mm, that's crazy that's good that's your that's your key so you take what how many hunters would you say did you say you're about 20 20 15 to 20 depending on the year and how we draw and Stuff like that, so it's it's been good. I've I've spent a lot of time figuring out ways to make money without getting a job or without you know by hunting. I yeah. guess you'd say yeah, something that's fun that you yep. like to do. Yeah, that you're good at. Yep. Yeah, I got a few cows now, and that's just that's just to keep me broke. I think <laughs> that's the, about right. The hell, are you? Thinking that's there? about right. Yeah, yeah I've got a tax write off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool though that you do that. That's a that's something that you you enjoy doing it. You enjoy the oh, the, the the hunting, yep. the the guiding, yep. getting antelope hunters in. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And you uh, you um said that you're going to. So anyway, I was leaving your place a week and a half a couple weeks ago and you're like hey did you drop this gun off at chad's and it was, it's a 28 nozzler right is that what that is uh 30 30 nozzler okay yeah 30 and you're like oh what? i'm like what do you yeah what are you doing he's like i want to have the barrel cut down i'm going grizzly bear hunting i am yeah i am i've i don't know you you come up with things you want to do in your life and i'm gonna go kill some wolves and i want to go kill a grizzly bear and i haven't done either yet and it's time and i just hell yeah you know finally booked a grizzly hunt and oh shit take me a couple three years to pay for it but whatever you got to do it yeah you know that stuff passes you by yeah you can see it it's like it it seems like it was last year that we went there and it's been six freaking years already i didn't realize it was six years yeah 
It's just crazy. Like, Holy shit. You got to do it. That's why I'm telling you with your sounds I'm on the phone the other. I'm like, just do the shit, man. You, yeah. you're, you, it's, it's, you've got it. It's there. You have the expertise. You have the marketing capabilities. People are going to listen to somebody that does what you do and they're going to buy the shit. They're just going to buy it. We'll help you do it. We'll, we'll use our platform however you want, man. We're here to help. And uh, so you're going to the, your, when, when do you go to hunt that grizzly? Next June. Oh, it's in June. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not really even familiar with the seasons on that and how it goes. Yeah, they have a spring and a fall up there. And yeah, I'm going in June for a spring interior, not not the coastal. Is there any... Oh, so that'll be probably a tough hunt. We'll see. I mean, i never been there. I, yeah. That was like, say, life, whatever you want to call it, life a goal. bucket I'm, list? Yeah, I'm going to go to Alaska someday. And I didn't really even care what for, but... Um, I wanted to go to Alaska and I just haven't, you know, you put stuff off and you're busy and everybody's busy nowadays, it seems like. And so finally it's like, well, I'm going to, if I'm going to go, just go figure it out, yeah. you know? And yeah, it'll, it's not like I can just whip out the cash and run up there. So yeah, yeah I've been saving and, and we'll continue to do so until right up till the day I leave probably, but, but you got to go do stuff. Right. Right. That's gonna. What's if I if I if you don't mind me asking the hunt like that's what close to fifteen. I was gonna ask that too. You've probably looked into it, and is that one of the more affordable ones to do versus like a caribou or uh, something else? Well, now, um, like a moose hunt up there, I think they start at twenty, twenty to twenty five grand to go kill a big moose, you know, or something. And so, yeah, all that stuff's got, and you can't boy sheep. Like yeah, any, you're any screwed with sheep, that shit. It's yeah. 30, yeah. 40, 50,000. Yeah. You know, I can't can't play that game, but I can figure out how to go kill a grizzly bear, I hope. Yeah. Is there any stipulations on that hunt? Like, uh, is it, since it's that price, there's no, there, there's size, no size, size variations. You're, you're, you can, whatever is there, if you see a BNC Boone or what, Pope, whatever, you're shooting with rifle, but. Yeah, there's no yeah, there's no stipulations of you know no or trophy, trophy fees, fees or, or nothing yeah. like that. It's just you go try to find the biggest bear Shit, you can yeah. find and kill it. I hope that'll be fun. You got to keep us. You got to record that. Well, I hope so. <laughs> he he told me or the outfitter up there said that you always have a guide with you, and he said if you bring a video camera or usually we have one or something, he said the guide will film for you if you'll let him or want him to. And I was like, oh, absolutely. Shit, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. I'm not sure it'd be the greatest footage i don't know the guides but yeah who knows you never know it'd be yep. worth it try it or can you run a suppressor up there do you know Put the yes can. i, I oh, checked yep. cut your barrel down and run the can on yep. her yep that'll be good that'll be cool nope that's it man i think that's just if, unless there's anything else you guys are wanting to add or go que- ask any questions what's going on or i'm yeah i I do. I do know one thing that I would really like to do is do uh, is is go hang out the side of a freaking chopper and film you mow some <laughs> coyotes down with my R five. I'll bring three different. I'll bring two different lenses. I'll bring my twenty four to seventy two point eight. I'll bring my seventy to two hundred two point eight, and I'll swap those bitches. I don't I'll know hang out the edge of that shit and record. I don't know if he's still on here, but I seen the pilot get on your Instagram live. So yeah, you have to beg him, not me. I'll talk to <laughs> him. How, how many? How Tell many him. people usually go with you when you're? Like it's in, usually in the, just a pilot and a gunner. No shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We never, we can, you know, like with him, if he'll allow it, you know, somebody can sit in the back seat, but we try to keep her pretty, pretty, pretty light. trimmed down yep. and light. And yeah. And 
it's not maybe the most safest activity in the world. So, you know, you don't necessarily want to have a bunch of people along. Yeah. So I should yeah. probably take my Team Wendy helmet in case. <laughs> so I, I would. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I'll bring that Take iRay USA in it with the micro. Yeah, just in case. No, that's it's just awesome. another camera, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I bet you I could get I bet you I could try to get some cool stuff. Have some more guys bitch about how steady my hand my handiwork is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if that's it, guys, if there's anything else, I'm trying to think. We went through a lot of stuff, solid, awesome information. That's exactly what we're after. Got both cameras still rolling live, Two, almost two and a half hours of solid, solid cranked out info just at the right time, right before season starts. So we'll, we'll be in touch with you on if we could maybe make a, a trip this fall down there to get some cool sets in too. Absolutely. After yeah, you that'd get be good. Cool. All right, I'll do a little bit of an outro here and caller yep once again guys uh, this has been a predator hunter podcast and we had guest Cal Taylor on with a ton of information right before right before predator hunting season for us right before hunting season in general and like I said he's he's just one of those guys that's discreet trained highly efficient and immensely successful at killing that's what he does you guys will love this um we're gonna be going out there and getting some more footage with him probably try to put a a pretty cool youtube production together or i should say a playlist of uh just kind of what i've done call it the cal taylor project where we've got the couple hunts with him the podcast with him information if you get some new sounds coming to the market we'll we'll help we'll we'll be the first guys to expose those i'm really excited and jack for that and then hopefully go out there and film some more hunts in different aspects of his work and bring the whole project to life and show you guys so with that said hope you guys enjoyed it hope you got the information and i hope that you found it entertaining we are out <laughs>